And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Well, well, welcome to Down on the Docks, episode 29. My name's Chris Neff, and I'm joined by who? Dave Sarah. That's right. Welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. Good. How are you doing? Good, man. We had fun. It's rude to say anything other than good. If somebody says, like, if you're you're seeing somebody in the hallway or something, you say, hey, how are you doing? You just say good. You don't be like. That's not true at all. You don't stop and go like, well, actually, my day. I do. Once in a while, drop in a fair to Midland. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, "You want the truth?" <clears throat> oh, okay, that means, but then you're giving the person the option, like, mm, "No, I want the truth." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I can't right Depend, now. Depends on how emotionally fragile I am, too. No. Oh, that's nice. Uh, we had a great time last week. Uh, a lot of positive feedback on last week's episode. Great, guys. If you, if you are just finding us, uh, we can always use your help around here. And Dave, tell them what to do if they want to help. Find us on social media. Everything is at Down on the Docks. Except for on Instagram, where you can find us at Down on the Docks Pod. But if you do want to send us an email, probably best to reach us at docks at gmail.com. The best thing, really, is to leave a review on Apple or yep. Spotify. Yep, and we appreciate that. We'll get That's to those right. at the end of the show and give you a yes. shout-out for those who did it. And don't We're forget, climbing, guys. baby. We want to reach 75. <laughs> don't forget. Down on the Docks does not have a K in it. It's just like documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, DOC. Uh, I'm really excited about this week's episode. Me too. I know I kind of told you what was going on. A lot of happy things going on. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And a lot of sad things. Yeah, and you know, we talk, here's, people will email me and they're like, you got to check out this doc. Yes. And I'll watch it. I'll be like, dude, it is such a downer. I know. I can't go there. But most documentaries are downers. And that's not totally true. I mean, the good ones. Have you ever critically seen one of the ones? No, I haven't. Most yeah. of the documentaries that I watch, most of the documentaries I watch are science or nature based. Right. I can't or really conspiracy. Sit. Yeah, on even YouTube. those, even those are hard for me to yeah. watch. I, I ain't watching the three three hour flat earth uh, documentary. I do have a four hour uh, video game one that I've already started Ooh, working on. That's on I like YouTube. video games. Yep. So that'll be an upcoming episode. But we are going to shift gears this week. We're going to get a little serious. That's fine. This documentary is called American Pain. Yes. Okay. I know. It is directed by a gentleman by the name of Darren Foster. Darren Foster. If you want to watch it, you can find it on CNN and Hulu. So let me tell you how this thing starts. Uh, This thing starts over black. We hear in an unidentified voice, and it starts like this. You guys want to fuck around? You're going to need fucking pain management. Hmm. We hear another one. You make a lot more money doing this than you do doing plastic surgery. So right out of the gate, you know you're in for a sketchy good time. Yeah. And then there's another recorded phone call, and the man is identified by the name of Chris George, and he's on the phone with his mom, and he says, my doctor's average about $1.8 million a year. She's like, oh, my God, that's great. Well, then we hear the sheriff calling this gentleman, Chris George, and he's like, buddy, you got to get home. And instead, he quickly calls his wife, Diana, and we hear the following phone call. He's like, babe, they're in the house. They got the dogs there. The FBI's there. It's not a fucking joke, baby. You know, you know, I love you, right? She's like, yeah, I do. What do you want me to do, baby? I'm fucked. I'm fucked. 
Why are you fucked? They're going to put me in jail for a long time, babe. A long fucking time. And then we see pictures of just loose pills and cash and guns and bullets. Hell yeah. And she's like, relax, honey. Sharon! <laughs> that was all the money we had! <laughs> I knew. I mean, she's like, coming. you got to relax, Chris. you got to think of a plan. He's like, I'm just going to fucking kill myself. Oh, and no. She's like, don't do this. Don't be stupid. But you need to think of something quick. And killing yourself is not the answer. You cannot leave me here by my fucking self to deal with your dirt. Yeesh. More montages of pills. Yeah. Shady looking strip mall clinics. Yeah. And stacks of prescriptions of Roxycodone, which Ooh. I was not aware. I've never heard of it. So rock is actually called Roxycodone? Exactly. Mm. It is a brand name. It's a brand. Okay. For OxyContin. Okay. Yeah, OxyContin. So yeah. this was like the first rollout of the Oxys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then we hear another uh, uh, unknown it's voice. It's the brand name. Yep. And they say this was the cause of our epidemic in this country. Mm -hmm. Florida was the epicenter, and the biggest ones in the business were the George brothers at American Pain. Hmm. So let's meet these two fucking scumbags, okay, shall we? Yeah, I'm down. So they show their mugshots right out of the bat. These guys don't have necks. All right. They don't have necks. Well, you know what I mean? They're are they like, like, are they? They're built like barrels. Okay. You know what I mean? They're jarheads. Got it. Uh, they're wearing affliction t shirts. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then we're introduced to a DEA agent uh, by the name of Kurt McKenzie. And he says, Look, man, the George brothers did not start the opioid crisis, but they sure as hell poured gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. They became... Yeah, the Purdue family started the opioid crisis. Well, they... <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the, per, what, it's not the Purdue family. I it's the it Sacklers who own Purdue. Okay. Big difference. There you go. Anyway, they became the largest street-level distribution group operating in the entire United wow. States. Nobody put more pills on the streets than they did. Sick. They created a blueprint for how this is to be done, and they were operating in broad daylight. That's fucking nuts, man. It's crazy. It's so good. immediately we see these time-lapse videos of their pain clinics, and it's nonstop people just yeah. in and out and in and out. The parking lot is jammed. It looks like a, a Grateful Dead parking yeah. lot. All right? <laughs> people are partying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the scale was... I mean, I've heard about these things, not to get too far yeah. into it, but I've heard about some of these places where you literally, at some point, they literally just put bowls of like Percocet and things like that out. <laughs> no, I'm those, not even fucking joking. Those, those are Playboy Mansion parties. No, they I know don't that have pill mills where it's just like Dude, I'm mint telling on you, the way out. Yes, they were. Where? I, I mean, I had heard stories. Dude. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, man. and your sourcing is garbage and as like, usual. And, and like, like, it wasn't even like, it wasn't like the really super expensive ones, but it was like some like the the ten to thirty milligram uh, Vicodin or the five hundred milligram right. Vicodin ones or whatever. Okay, well, if this actually occurred, it was an you. illegal underground yeah, operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I mean they're all sort of let's, sketchy. A lot of them. Go let's on. get to this. So you see these addicts all over the place. Well, they were coming in from around the country to Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thousands of miles away, and then we see the time lapse videos of the patients in the waiting room. And it's just as crazy. Yeah. It's just, you're like, this doesn't look like a doctor's office. You're like, what the hell is going on in these places? And when I say pills, I didn't mean like, they're not open, but they would mm -hmm. put out like, they would put out those, the sample packs. The bottles. Yeah. yeah not yeah. the bottles. They're oh, like these okay. little, like they would yeah, like yeah, yeah, rip yeah. in the foil. Yeah. And they put out a bunch of those okay. samples. I will buy that if it was Viagra or Cialis. No, I'm telling but you. But you're talking about control, controlled substances. I'm telling you. You man. can't just be. 
<laughs> but it's not like, and it was in an area where you had to first like be rang in. Yeah. And then if you just needed like a small dosage, you were able to just take a couple. But if, if of the, pain meds, yes, I'm right. fucking telling you. Well, All right, go on. Continue. By the way, I already know someone's gonna uh, do the. That's fine. What did you I, fuck I, up this I, week? I'm part of the I, show. I, I and this is gonna be that part of the I, show. That's fine. Give uh, them fodder for next week. Okay. Write a review and tell, call me an idiot. A five star one though. Well, these places are so packed. There's a bouncer. Okay. Yeah. He's in the middle of the place. He's like, don't be sniffing your pills in the parking lot. Don't be shooting up. Okay. Wow, dude. So we meet another DEA guy and he says, I've been on the job as a special agent for 20 years and I've seen a lot of crazy, yeah. but this was just batshit crazy. Right. I mean, come on. And he's not lying because they show another like shot in the parking lot. Guy's got his hands down his pants and you're just like, oh, okay. This is a little weird. Well, uh, Kurt, who we met earlier, Mackenzie, he says, you can't make this stuff up and the things that happened in this investigation. We had strippers and white supremacists running medical facilities, MRIs in the back of a strip club, criminal operations coming in from Appalachia, doctors carrying guns under their lab coats inside the clinics. Yeah, man. And then we get the titles up. It's American Pain. Can't be jacking nobody. I like the way they made these titles, by the way. Do you remember like the vintage like greetings from Florida postcards back in the day? Sure. With the big letters. Yeah, yeah. And that's then like what on they, the, and then just yeah, postcards. That's what they do. And the, uh, yes, the big letters. And yep. the road is yep. just blue oxycontin. Uh, it's very so, cool. Yeah. I really like the artwork in this. Well, we're gonna meet the director, Darren Foster, and he's going to interview one of the brothers, Chris George, from a federal prison. And Chris is on the line. He goes, documentaries call American pain, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the worst. So wait, is that the name of the, what was the name of the, the their like facility? American pain. Uh, this just sounds terrible. It's terrible in the fucking name. <laughs> we'll get to why. Oh God. So yeah. It's probably American pain management, which you meant. No, it's just called American pain. <laughs> so it's so it's on the store of UFC. I mean, that's what's on the sign. It used to be the name of the gym before they opened it up there, but the gym closed down, so they just <laughs> took it over, and they're like, this is a good spot. We're just naming it keep the name. Well, here's what's interesting. Chris says, okay, so I think I was a pioneer. Do I say that? I don't know. I mean, I think I was, yeah. And he's like, dude, we'll get to that later. But here's the point. Right out of the gate, you realize these guys are fucking morons, all right? And... uh Describe them. You said that they look like a barrel. They have yeah, no barrel bodies. beards. No. Are they buff or yeah. just fat? Uh, no, they're ripped. Oh, ripped. Okay. Yeah. No beards. No beards. Like, hair. Frosted hair. tips. Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> okay. Fucking barbed wire tattoos. Fucking Guy Fieri feels pretty much feels built. Guy, <laughs> yeah. excuse me, Guy Fieri. They have those sunglasses. They probably wear uh, them on backwards on top of their hats. Yuck. Okay. So next, we're gonna meet a man by the name of John Paul George. Never yeah. trust the guy with three names. Three Never names. trust two. With three, you fucking <laughs> slap him in the face yeah. and just say, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my fucking yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only that, three first names of three out of four of the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Can you name the fourth <laughs> one they're missing? Ringo. That's correct. And nobody ever names their son Ringo. No. And also John Paul. George. The Pulp. Oh, that's true. <clears throat> well, anyway. And I think there was a George Pulp as well. This Pulp. John Paul George, that's Jeff and George's dad. 
So we hey, learned. Jeff, John Paul George, Jeff and George. Well, there was Jeff. also a piece of shit in the NFL named Jeff George. He Jeff was George. a scumbag. Jeff George is such a bad name. It's like it's, if John Bon Jovi went by John Jovi <laughs> instead of John Bon Jovi, you never would have made it, dude. John Jovi, what a terrible you name. Drop the bond in, yeah, and it's a career changer. It's a career changer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to change your name to Dave Bonsera. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> imagine now it'd be if my name was Dave Dara. All right, let's move on. <laughs> so here's what we learned: Chris and Jeff are actually twins. Okay. Okay. So they grew up in an affluent suburb uh, outside of West Palm Beach called Wellington, known for its horses. Beef? Oh, it's Beef Wellington. Okay, never mind. Never known for its horses and polo. Um, famous people associated with the city include Bill Gates and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> now, okay. here's the thing. Okay. Uh, John Paul George, he was very successful building homes. Cool. Okay, this is er, you know early 2000s. Is he building them himself? No, of course not. He's just paying for them. And he's the guy been... that writes the checks. He's yeah. not out there fucking He's not like the contractor. Hammer. Yeah, he's running the show. But he's not, you know, swinging. Yeah. He's yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. any I work. It. I get it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So still commendable. He says it was a great place to raise kids. Uh, You know, our kids had four wheelers. They had go karts, you know, and their sibling hood bond was so close. He said, I started getting them to do push-ups when they were very young. And and we stressed exercise to the family. They were great athletes, tennis players, tremendous athletes. They even kicked ass on the math team. They won the Palm Beach County Mathematics Contest. Now, this is funny. He says, along with another kid that's in prison named Theo. <laughs> so cool. right out of the gate, <clears throat> cool. y- you know, the, yeah. the, the, scumbag shit. Scumbaggery. Yeah. Anyway, when they were about nine, they got divorced. Um, so, <laughs> okay, never mind. That, I, thought, I was like, why were they married at nine? Hmm, Florida. John oh, yeah. Paul George yeah. gets a divorce. Yeah. So then they grow up with their stepfather as well named Michael Haggerty. Now we meet him as well. And he says, look, I met Chris and Jeff's mother in 89. So that's put Chris and Jeff. They're born in 80, around nine years old. And he said, I noticed early on, they were a little difficult. Uh, We were out in a wooded area and somehow they started a brush fire, which actually turned into a small forest fire. Mm. It was sufficient that the fire department had to be called and they were there for a day or two. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, putting it out. Uh, yeah. He's like, I wasn't real keen on that, especially because I was a firefighter. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I got in trouble when I was 12 for on a 4th of July thing. You remember Ground Bloom Flowers? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I lit mm-hmm. one of those up, and it went into a bush on the corner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's a fire. And it was probably, you know, three feet by yeah. three feet. Yeah. And this scumbag, like stopped his truck, grabbed uh, our, our neighbor's um, patio furniture okay. and smothered it. And okay. then the woman that owned the patio furniture, she freaked out. She's like, don't, what are you putting out my patio furniture? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Why would you <laughs> yeah. use a patio He's furniture? like, just grab that fucking hose. My point <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. that thing was out in five minutes and I was grounded for a month. Yeah. These guys set off, had a forest fire. Yeah. Two days they were fighting yeah. to put these things yeah. out. Like, eh, kids will be kids. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They only get community service. All right. Well, yeah. So, you know, he says they couldn't be more than five minutes around each other without fighting. And, and I bet, I bet the, I bet the fire department, uh, they took their time with this. They can get paid a little more. I bet. Probably. They do that. They do. They do that. Well, I let them. John Paul George says they always competed against each other and you did not want to separate them. If you picked on one, you picked on two. So 
they played hockey as kids. Uh, any guesses why they might have been attracted to hockey? Um, no. So they could beat the shit out of their oh, kids. Oh, okay, yeah, good point. <laughs> so we see them in a hockey game and like when they're like kids. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, and we see them, and the referee immediately just pulls both of them oh, and God. throws them out for fighting. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they grew up in a privileged life. You know, they had cars, they had trucks, and then we see their multiple mugshots. Now, have you ever had a mugshot taken of you? <laughs> um, yes. Okay. How many have you had taken uh, of you? Four. Okay. This thing uh -huh. is like click, 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 oh, click, shit. click. And I had to pause it. I was like, all right, I got to get my counter out. Wow. I counted 17. And that's of each? Between the two of them. Okay. Okay. And Chris says, well, <clears throat> about the trouble we got in, I mean, it was a lot of trouble. Do you want me to like list everything? Uh, no worries. I'll do that because I, again, paused the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you ready for the charges? Yeah, let's hear the charges. Okay. Start from the earliest to latest. I did them in chronological order I that love they showed it. So me. We could, so we could see their, their progression of scumbaggery. Let's start off with criminal mischief. Yay. My Sus favorite one. Suspicious incident. <laughs> Jerking off. I'm guessing. Uh, that's probably what they call or them when you're a juvenile. Yeah, They're yeah. just like, you know, Suspicious dick flashing. Yeah, yeah. Vandalism. Mm -hmm. A counterfeit $20 bill. <laughs> Pussy. Uh, one charge uh, says one of them threw a bottle at a deputy. <laughs> then we have battery. Mm -hmm. Then we have burglary. Mm -hmm. Then they progress to uh, GTA, which is uh -huh. Grand Theft Auto. Yes, yes. Uh, dealing in stolen property. Threatening, mm -hmm. threatening phone call. Mm -hmm. Waving a gun around. Restraining order. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to paint a picture. Kidnapping. Uh oh. Juvenile trouble. Yeah. Possession of a destructive device. Wait, hold up. Uh-huh. Kidnapping. <laughs> so hold up. Kidnapping. Yep. And then juvenile trouble. This is the order it came out in. Okay. Uh, domestic dispute. Mm -hmm. Violation row at yield. Oh. I'm guessing that's just like you see what, a yield how does, sign. How is row spelled? R-O-W. Okay. I'm assuming they just blew a yield. I don't know. Uh, intercept oral command. Don't know. Intercept oral command. Violation of probation. Uh, beverage law minor. Okay. Uh, traffic violation. Possession of a destructive device again. Pretty cool. <laughs> Property damage. Aggravated assault. Forged bill. Shoplifting. Domestic dispute. Neighbor trouble. <laughs> it's like car trouble. Yeah, neighbor trouble. <laughs> uh, vehicle accident. Burglary unarmed. Huh. Trespassing. Failure to appear on bail, assaulting an officer. Oh boy! Criminal mischief again. <laughs> neighbor trouble again. <laughs> neighbor same, trouble again. Same neighbors, <laughs> maybe. Probably. Battery again. Uh, County ordinance. Unarmed burglary again. <laughs> uh, we got some more criminal mischief. <laughs> Hazing and harassing. Hey. Uh, maybe they did a little stint in college. Mm -hmm. uh, violation of probation. Burglary unarmed. Wow. Trash yeah. dumping. Oh. Have you ever illegally dumped trash? Oh, yeah. I think everybody has. Yeah, a couch. <laughs> yeah, everybody's done a little bit of and that. And the funny thing is that I passed the couch on my way to work for months. Like, 
it was there for months and it eventually got picked up. Buddy of mine used to have a bit about that in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, John DeResta, he'd be like, uh, give him directions to his home. He'd be like, uh, when you see the couch, find the second brown couch, make a right, yeah. go two blocks, make a left at the refrigerator, yeah. <laughs> make a right uh, at the That's so North Hollywood <laughs> totally. too, man. All right, let's get back into these guys. Neighbor trouble again, domestic disturbance, criminal traffic, battery again, battery again. Aggravated <laughs> assault again. So these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sh- pieces of shit. <laughs> you had you had a couple mug shots. Yeah, a couple mug shots. So these all guys, for weed. These guys have a ton. Every single one was for a weed. Well, according to their stepdad, uh, Michael Haggerty, their father usually would get an attorney to just bail them out. And they never got more than community service. And I don't know how you can only get more than community service after that laundry list, but again, money talks. It's Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so um, their father told them the police were stupid uh, because if they were smart, they'd be making more money. Yeah. Uh, I think they just thought they were smarter than everybody else is what he says. Mm-hmm. And they could get away with everything. Well, in one of the documents they dropped, they dropped the classic line. You don't know who my father is. Wow. You Plus know, that, that never goes well. No. And they even are. You can hear him under arrest. And he's like, you cops are dumb. So they're getting into fights and they start working out mm. and they want an advantage over. So they get the steroids. They got the roids, buddy. Yeah. Well, Michael says, I sort of guessed it was, you know, happening when I saw him bulk up. And when I confronted them, uh, I was like, you know, this stuff's bad for you, right, kids? And they were just like, oh, no, no, no. We get the good stuff. Yeah. The good so, stuff's good for you. So Chris George says, on some discussion board on the internet, I found somebody in Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. That I could Western Union money to. Well, they put Yugoslavian it, fucking steroids. They put the steroids <laughs> in like VCR tapes is what he said. Oh, shit. That's how they do it. I have a friend in San Marino. And if you know San Marino. Best neighborhood. One of the nicest neighborhoods yeah. in the world. Had the fucking ATF and the DEA kick down his door because he was distributing steroids. Yeah. Got in a lot of trouble. Got to be careful. Got in a lot of trouble. Well, he says they they he would use them. Uh, his brother would use them, and then they'd sell to their friends. And they always use fake names when they shipped. Um, and they had them shipped to local businesses. Uh, my brother used to do this with cocaine, by the way. FedEx cocaine to a house that he'd rent, right? And then just you know surveil the place for like a week and make sure nobody was there. Yeah. And then he'd go get the cocaine. Used to do it, huh? I know people that are doing that shit today. Here's a great story about my brother dealing coke. Yeah, yeah. So, and he dealt with the cartels. Yeah. And to do a deal, I remember. Who's uh, he know over there? Well, he's no longer with us. But (laughs) I do remember he he would tell me this story that to close a deal, uh, he walked in and the guy gave him a bag of coke. And he goes, uh, before we can finish the deal, uh, I need you to dip your balls in this cocaine. (laughs) And then walk into that next room. And he does. And then he goes in there, and a girl's in there, and she licks all the cocaine off oh, his balls. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's how that was his famous story. That's fucking story. cool, dude. But here's the thing. When the feds got on to my brother, yeah. he got so paranoid. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, cocaine's involved. Yeah, yeah. So um, he, he, at his drop house, he had all this coke, and he, wanted the, he, had a lo- he had a lawyer. And the guys basically said, look, I've been informed that you know the fbi is tracking you right now mm-hmm. you got to get rid of everything so my brother takes everything and he buries it marks the tree well the next day it snowed six feet oh shit 
and he couldn't remember where he, <laughs> where he buried the drugs. Yeah, yeah. So in Sun Valley, Idaho, under a tree somewhere to this day, there is a ton of cocaine buried. Holy fuck. We got, we're going to make a trip out there one time. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the steroids. That's hilarious. So um, he gets busted mm-hmm. for dealing roids. And this is his first felony offense. So he, uh, he got the jail that you're allowed to work and leave for low stuff. Yep. You know? So his dad, John Paul George, puts him to work. So this is at the height of the housing boom in the mid-2000s. They're building 100 time, homes at a time. He's got a $40 million business, and he's working for his dad. They're so popular, they win trophies. I didn't know you could win trophies for home, yeah. but the, you see him holding up these trophies. Yep. Do you remember the show um, that that guy Ty Pennington was on? Extreme Makeover. Okay. They were on that. Wow. Yeah. So um, at this point, we're going to meet their friend, Derek Nolan. And if you need to know what he looks like, pretty much the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. Just switch the afflection shirt. Yeah. You know, maybe to a Hurley shirt. Yeah. So they're into UFC fights. They go to the gym. The director uh, shoots in a a shot of just roids going into the leg. (laughs) They're doing mosh pits. Uh, You know, he says, having redneck style fun. Yeah. And then he says course we'd always hang out at emerald city it was emerald city best strip club in town oh and chris would show up with a stack of 500s every night to see her and by her we see an old uh web <laughs> website air force amy <laughs> close <laughs> diana pavnik oh so she's Russian. like she's like the the uh, <laughs> she she was their their steroid dealer dealer <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, she moved from New Hampshire because she said everybody was hooked on drugs in New Hampshire. So that's why I came oh, down here. Perfect. But he was big. He was handsome. He had an expensive car and sounds like fun. Now, this makes sense to me because I'm like, who do strippers date? Because they don't date like guys like you and me. No, they, de- they date uh, meathead uh, Coke dealers. Yeah, apparently. Well, Chris said she was, these she was don't. probably the prettiest girl in the strip club. Oxy dealers, whatever. He goes, she was, she was probably the, the prettiest girl, and she was great on the pole. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he says this. Have you ever, like, I've never thought that of a girl, except for one or two, like, chicks that were, like, amazing. Yeah. Usually black chicks. I'm, that look, were just I'm talking about amazing, du- on the, like, that where you were there, like, acrobats. My point is, usually that would be a double entendre. But I don't even think he knows what a double on top. Oh, great on the pole. He's literally literally just like, he's literally like, and shoot's great on the pole. Yeah. So maybe um, it wasn't. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. I'm retarded. They quickly become an item. They've been one ever since. Never apart. And they, it's weird. We see racy pictures of them in bed together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just like, you know, she's a classic trap trap stamp on the back. She's like, what? She's like super skinny. No, no, no. Just tramp stamp on the back. It's like trashy. Yeah, I mean, not my type. Right. So anyway, Chris and Jeff, um, they're both working for their dad. So of course, this is when the housing market just takes a complete dump. Mm, Like 08, 09, 07. Yep. And uh, John Paul George's company, Majestic Homes, they file for bankruptcy and they list more than 7 million in liabilities. So, you know, they got to figure out something to do. Well, Diana randomly said, I didn't even know Chris was a twin. Uh, how do you like not tell that some to somebody? Isn't yeah, that weird? Especially, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it is weird. And like, especially you make it seem like they're so like joined at the hip 
these two that like they would she would for sure know how how long were they dating before she found out they didn't say oh but it was a while it made oh it yeah like, she made it sound like it was a while oh i'm, I'm guessing that the jeff guy fucked her do you know what i mean <laughs> chris probably thought it was funny uh probably did the old sneak in yeah, yeah, no yeah. i mean i have no idea yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway uh we at this point also learned that brother jeff he's currently incarcerated in a federal corrections complex in coleman florida currently as in today or currently at an 08 or 09 in, in when this movie was okay, shot okay, okay uh which was just recently recently yeah yeah so darren then uh asks the the questions and says you know who had the idea to create the pain clinic and jeff says well i'm sure chris will probably say he started it it was my idea. I'm the idea person, and he's a great operator, but I'm more creative. And he ain't lying. Okay. Because we see that in addition to being a drug dealer, right? he paints. Oh, like George Bush. Yeah, they're not awful. They're not great. His still, life's, his still life's are quality. Yeah. A couple portraits. Yeah, but, but you then, can learn how to do that shit. Right, but then next to it, there's, there's a Hello Kitty. And I'm no, like, There's what? no feeling to that shit. <laughs> okay. It's just all like learning. Well, Jeff's <laughs> it's paint you know by I mean? now. You find out it's paint by numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, they teach you how to do it. Yeah. Well, teach your format. Jeff says it's not bad to learn that way, but I'm saying like, you're learning still. Man, I'm not an art critic. I just thought it was I decent. Know, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm just yeah. ta- I'm making talking shit for no reason because he's yeah. a fucking piece of shit. Well, Jeff says he's more of an in the office workaholic type person. He's describing his brother Chris, mm-hmm. but our official partnership. Are but the, and are they identical twins? Uh, pretty, or fraternal twins. You know, that's a great question. It's hard to tell because of how much muscle one guy has <laughs> from one point to the but next. Like, are they the same age or the same height? Yeah, they look yeah, a lot alike. Yeah, yeah. They they look a lot alike. Okay. Uh, except for the frosted tips on Chris. Oh, that's guy. how I told it. Uh, that's tell how you tell apart. Yeah. So anyway, they started a business and it was a hormone replacement clinic that prescribed test HGH. Uh, called South Beach Rejuvenation. I, they show their website. Looks like they did some volume and dick pills too. Yeah, South Beach Rejuvenation mm-hmm. does sound like a dick pill uh, website, like well, a clinic website. Their friend Derek, the muscle, says it was basically a front for illegal steroids. Right. It's telemedicine for steroids, and he goes, "I should know. I was a patient." Right. <laughs> so you'd get your blood work done, and then you automatically get approved. He goes, I don't think a doctor ever looked at anything. Right. And then you could get any anabolic steroid you wanted. Sick. And then two days later, you got a box of rigs. What are rigs? I'm assuming needles. needles. And all the steroids you wanted, and they just showed up right at your front door. Yep. Uh, so Jeff says, I was looking to buy competitors to expand South Beach Rejuvenation. And he meets a guy named Dr. Overstreet, Aww. who had a good little setup in Miami. Mm-hmm. Well, Derek says... Dr. Overstreet, he's the one who brought the pain clinics to Chris and Jeff's attention. He said that the big money was in pain medicine. Uh, Anything to do with money perks Chris and Jeff's interests. Right. Well, Jeff says he was only 38, you know, which is pretty young for a doctor. And Derek describes this Overstreet guy as a bohemian type. Uh, But he, he said this guy definitely just wanted to make a quick buck. He wasn't trying to cure cancer. He was pretty much as content doing what he did. Uh, which was coming into work in his flip-flops and Bahama shirt with a medical coat on top of it. Hmm. So they partner up 50-50 with Overstreet. Okay. They're equal partners, uh, and each had a responsibility to head up one office at first. So Chris starts a clinic called South Florida Pain, Okay. and Jeff's was called East Coast Pain. All okay. right? 
Now these are in the South, you know, the like Fort Lauderdale area, just for a geographical yeah. perspective, Southern Florida. So they basically walk into a tax collector's office, give them $36 and that's their license to steal drugs. No questions asked. Even with these extensive criminal histories and backgrounds, wow. that's all it took. Wow. This was 2008. Yeah. Well, I'm Diane, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, let's hope so. It's fucking Florida. So yeah, no, I, they've they've it's even back in like 2013, 14, 15. You tried this? Not I tried this, but I know that um, especially in California that those type of opiate um, stuff, all that type of opiate stuff became very hard to get from doctors, and that's when you started seeing the fake fentanyl pills and shit coming in. Well, Diana says she had no idea. She goes, I thought it was going to be like a regular doctor's office, you know, elevator music, a couple of people sitting out front, not a line all the no, way down the block. No, it's fucking spring break, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we see it. And honestly, when you see it, it looks like a third world country. Yeah. It's, you know. Zombies. Well, just the building. It's a shit building. But yeah, but yes. A huge sign on it. And then, then it says, walk in welcome in huge letters. And people are lined up around the block. And Derek says that first day, I was like, God damn, man, we're not even open yet. And there's people waiting. Yeah. They're scratching their neck. They're drinking Mountain Dews, <laughs> smoking <laughs> cigarettes. Yep. And he goes, it kind of reminded me of a trap house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been in a trap house? Yeah. Not like the trappiest of traps, but I mean, I've been in some pretty bad trap houses. Right. Does that just mean crack house or does that yeah. mean like whore house? Well, there's people will say different things. What a trap house means. I think the real definition is where the drugs are sold. Yeah. And it just can get really sketchy there. Yeah. But I, but other people will say that's also maybe sometimes where the drugs are made is really the uh, trap house. Okay, gotcha. But then I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. Well, the guys, the brothers, they're in business for three weeks, and then they get a phone call from Dr. Overstreet's wife. Mm -hmm. Dr. Overstreet's dead. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. He was in a, how, how many days in? Wait. Three weeks. Three weeks into signing the deal? Well, yeah. Huh. Their partner's dead. Of, of? Says car rack, flipped his Jeep over a cliff and died. Mm. Or it could have been somebody rubbing somebody out to take the other 50% wow. out. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And then was he ever, uh, were they ever investigated? They didn't mention this. Interesting. So he's, they got to start hiring doctors. And by hiring doctors, they put up doctors wanted posts on Craigslist. <laughs> so, yeah. Chris I mean, says, I know people who would sell oxys on Craigslist, and they would use the word Roxy pants. Oh, uh, Roxy, Roxy pants. Would they be like it cost twenty seven roses? It, it, they're like blue Roxy pants. Well, so here's what happens: because they don't have this partner anymore, uh, which was the fifty percent take, they're immediately making more money than they thought. So they got to get more doctors, and they. Uh, the way it works is the doctors get paid per patient. Right. Um, and then they would also pay the doctors $1,000 a week to use their DEA registration in order to get more medication for their in-house pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And he says, nobody was doing this business model. We yeah. made it really easy yeah. to get pain medication. God, I know so many people who got wrapped up in shit like this. Not like users. I'm talking about on this end, on the doctor's end. Even. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, it's time to meet another guy that's going to be a prominent player in the story. His name's Zach Rose. And he says, you know, I was 23 when this all started. Uh, I owned half a grow house. And I was selling keys. Like weed? Yeah. And I was selling keys of coke. 
And he was like, I was doing all kinds of dumb shit. And my buddy that was living at the grow house started getting strung out. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? And then he said, they're Roxy's. Uh, M boxes is what everybody called them because there was a little M on them. And he goes, man, they'll fuck you up. Well, he lost a whole crop of pot because he was getting too fucked up. Yeah, fuck, man. So in order to pay Zach back, he was like, I'm going to introduce you to this doctor and, you know, I'll get you the hookup. Zach goes in. They're like, try and touch your toes. He's like, oh, I can't. And he's like, yeah, you're messed up, man. Um, here's 180 oxys. <laughs> wow. And then the second visit, he gets up to 240. Wow. And he was like, I never sold pills. But they were gone in like two days. And I was like, holy <gasps> shit, I made $3,000 doing oh, nothing. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, okay, do you okay. think he ate no, them no, all? Yeah, yeah, I thought you said <laughs> no. I never sold pills, but they were gone too. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, no, here's, no, no. Yeah, here's okay. what makes this whole situation yeah. interesting in the perfect storm. In most states, there's a central database. And if you went to a doctor yeah. to try to get a prescription filled, they're going to cross-reference it and yep. say, okay, you already went to this doctor. Yep, yep. This is a Schedule two narcotic, and it's going to send out an alert. Yeah. Okay. Well, at the time, Florida didn't have the database. Right. So you could go to as many doctors yep. as you wanted. Yep. Dr. Rowe, they even had, do like, Dr.'s row. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, with like I remember this. In, <clears throat> and when I say I remember this, because, I mean, I never, I was never an opiate guy. I would occasionally take opiates here and there. To come when, down off coke. No, I wasn't even doing really coke. When I, I wasn't even really doing coke then. Yeah. And it was just like every once in a while, um, you know, just if somebody had it, I'd take it or a halfer yeah. or my sister, whatever. I'd take a half a Percocet, just whatever yeah. for fun, not, not for any reason. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I remember like in uh, Santa Ana, Santa Ana, the city of Santa Ana, I remember this was a big spot for, for that kind of stuff. And you'd have doctor's row. You basically had like, three plaza strips that were like within a mile of each other that had three or four doctors there and sometimes you can get you could sometimes hit every single one of them i'm talking like nine doctors offices probably yeah. you could sometimes do it but then you know they started catching on and then talking to each other and then they because they didn't want to get in trouble and stuff like that even before there was even that regulation yeah but what my friends one day they got one day. I remember it was one of the happiest my friend ever was because he was a slinger. He slanged everything, yeah. sold everything you could think of except for heroin. <clears throat> he um, he got a connection with the guy who owned a business that was to collect ones that were like either expired or had to be destroyed. And then you send them back to the manufacturer. They fucking no, and you sell them out the back door. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they were supposed to destroy him. Yeah, yeah. Just like put him, do some. I don't remember how they would destroy him. Yeah. But they had like Drop a chemical noses is what they would. But they would have. They, they was because they owned a they owned a recycling plant that also had a chemical disposal something. So mm -hmm. they were able to get the permit to dispose of that, and it's like yeah. super hard to get it because you need the machinery in order yeah. to get the machinery. You have to be grandfathered in. And yeah. anyway, so long story short. Long story short, you hang out with some real scumbags. I mean, probably this, should do jail this guy, time. This guy showed up with four bottles of promethazine, the big ones, yeah, and probably three thousand. What's promethazine? It's liquid. It's liquid oxycontin in the uh, sense, liquid okay. codeine. Okay, that's what all the rappers drink. Scissor. Oh, and those go for like eight hundred. Eight hundred. Purple. The purple drink. Drank. Yeah, they, yeah, those go for eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a bottle. Yeah, and then had like three thousand Percocets. <laughs> All right. Well, all right, we're going to move go. on. And that was meet. the Simpsons episode right there. There it was. You got the Simpsons episode yes, today. Yes. Well, today, uh, next, we're going to meet uh, a gentleman by the name of Nick Alex Gonzalez. And he was a barber at the time. 
He's like, you know, I would cash in my pocket every day. And when the barber shop, you know, it's slow. Oh, yeah. Barber shops and tattoo parlors. Uh-huh. Big spots. Yep. You buy the a pill. Pound. The pill. Uh, go go to the pill buck and, and take a handful. See what you can get. You flipping. He's flipping uh, marijuana. He's flipping cocaine. And uh, he says, a buddy of mine said, hey, come to this pain clinic and fill the script and I'll buy it back from you. He said, these guys are literally just writing scripts. They weren't checking, you know, your bag. You didn't have to cough twice. He said, he wrote me his prescription for 180 blues, 60 Percocets, and 30 Xanax. I called all the guys. I'll pay you 500 bucks. They give you the prescription. We go fill it. And I was doing that uh, times 10 or 15 people a day, 120 times a month. And he said they did used to laugh at me because I was the most organized drug dealer because I would walk in and I would set my laptop down, you know, like where the, the glass, you know, partition is. Yep. And I'd go through my patients on a calendar. Right. And say, I need this, I need this, I need this. Right, right. So he says he went from hustling and bullshitting and barbershopping to making like six grand a day. Fuck. Cash. Yep. And he says, by the end of the week, I'd have a mason jar just filled up with Xanax and a jar or two of Percocets. Fuck. And he was like, that's my byproduct. Got great value on the street. People that's are crazy, addicted to it. And he goes, oh, and then the classic Xanax. Yeah. So back to Zach. Zan- said, that's the hardest one out of all of them to yeah, quit, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a dangerous They're drug. so fucking good, dude. Um, Zach then uh, says, everything was little small shithole storefronts at the time. You had one doctor in each one until the George brothers came out with their first clinic and it exploded after that. So we're going to meet a community activist uh, by the name of Janet Colbert. And she's noticing that these lines are wrapped around the building every morning. They're fighting. You know, there's needles all over the ground. And she was like, we got to get this on the news. So are they taking the Oxycontin and like crushing it up and, and Dude, in and the burning parking it? lot. And, yes. and also, they so showed I, that. So I, didn't, I didn't even know you could really Neither do that. Neither did I. But so, I, I know you could snort it. So here's the thing. It's kind of like chasing the dragon. Yeah. So what you do is you put that pill on a piece of tinfoil. Yeah. And you light it. But the pill has to move and slide around. Hmm. And as it slides... You suck it through a straw. Interesting. Yeah. And by the way, there was a great, great cinematic moment in this uh-huh. because they're it's doing like very that. Pulp Fiction-y? No, just the way the director uh, made a transition. Um, they show people doing this on the tinfoil okay. and it's making these little lines. Yeah. And then they transition to a street and it's got all that you know stuff on it on the street. It was cool. very, very, very cool the way cool. he did that. So anyway... We also meet uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Anthony Pineda, who works uh, for Channel 7. And he said, we got a tip because everything was going down at McDonald's. And there seemed to be traffic going from one side of the street to the other. So people are, you know, basically going to McDonald's and then going across to, you know, yeah. to pain clinic. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's like a busy street. Right. They're just, cro- they're just, they're froggering it every <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, froggering it. Yeah. <laughs> So we meet an investigative reporter uh, from the same uh, WSVN Channel 7, and her name's Carmel uh, Cafiero. And she says, we parked across the street and watched. And she said it was shady times a million. And they want to figure out what's going on. So Anthony says, I'm going to go buy a couple pack of cigarettes because everybody wants to bum. And that's what he does to get him talking. They figure out everybody's getting all the drugs. And he says, we saw it as soon as they hooked up with the pain pills, they'd go right to their cars and use. 
Yeah. They're snorting in the cars. They're shooting up right in broad daylight. And, you know, she said, he said it was just nonstop. Yeah. None of it yeah. was normal yeah. behavior. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. And, and like, as a fucking business, you don't want that shit around your fucking, your building 24 seven. Mm-hmm. What are they open till nine to five, nine to six, nine? Like how old, how late are they open? They, I don't know how, how late, but they were like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. They were open. Yeah. Well, Derek, the bouncer says, I'd never seen the likes of this doctor's office before. He says, I'm a construction guy, swing a hammer. And there was nobody in there that had any medical office experience, let alone medical training. Chris says as they expanded, they needed a lot more people. But the hiring process was completely different for male and female employees. Okay? Okay. He says male employees, they were friends. But the female employees, yep, we would place an ad on Craigslist. And I'm sure you needed a picture. Dude, it's literally (laughs) what he says. He says, if possible. I think it's illegal now. Probably. Please send picture with resume so we can, quote, put a face to yeah. the name. It's at least it's at least extremely frowned upon. Yeah, I mean he's basically saying I want to hire the chicks so I can bang oh, yeah, in the yeah. background. Of course. So of course. we meet one of these hires by the name of uh, Dana Angelino and she says we like to joke around and say that they only really hired attractive women, but I didn't really know at the time. I was initially the only person in the pharmacy department. I'd take the prescriptions the doctor wrote. And I would fill the medication. I didn't even know what Roxycodone was. Yeah. Um, she said, I enjoyed going to work every day. We were all young and we were all immature. Yeah. Well, we see this because they have pictures um, with people swimming like it's, Scrooge met- McDuck in piles of money in the back room. Whoa, really? Yeah. Literal piles of money? Yeah. Sick. Like I, I imagine like a modern day um, weed store. Yeah, but totally illegal and just cash not being accounted for. <laughs> so, Nobody taking care of the books. So modern day weed star. Yeah, I mean, it's all hot <laughs> chicks and guys who know each other. Right. You, you bud tenders. Yeah. And then if they do hire dudes, they're literally like my friend Corky, poor guy. Yeah. Would spend eight hours a day. Okay. That's a his close- fault for keeping the name <clears throat> yeah. now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can change your name if it, you were yes. born a Corky. Yeah. Well, his name, real name is Corey, but whatever. Yeah sitting in a fucking room for eight hours and rolling joints for eight hours. That's not fun. It's like trimming weed. It's yeah. I would say worse than trimming weed. Yeah. Well, Derek describes it as a frat house. He said there were remote control cars, helicopters flying around the office, slingshots, tasers, throwing knives. There were Chinese throwing stars stuck in the ceiling, Uh, swords and shields for the occasional sword fight. Uh, I said they had a refrigerator full of beer and shots of Patron, you know, anything that you could wish for as a teenager, but we were adults doing this. Yep. So we hear some recorded conversations between uh, an employee and Chris, and the guy goes, I got a fucking bunch of alcoholics here already starting to fucking drink this morning. That's retarded, Chris. And he goes, look, do I need to be involved in this? And he's like, I don't know. Do you? He's like, Who, wait, who's it's one of them, like the head, yeah, empl- one of those, just some guy calling employee. in. He's just like pissed that yeah. nobody's doing work. Yeah, well, I, just, <laughs> yeah, probably he's like, What the fuck, dude? Well, yeah, he's probably a guy that was hired yeah. on, you know, uh, uh, to, as on a Craigslist. No, I mean, as like, yeah, no, this no. is how this works. Yeah, yeah, and he's I not being it. told what's really going on yeah, behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, and yeah. his first day, he shows up, yeah. and you know, it's a wino, yeah, you know. Front, yeah. Shit, man. Anyway. I wonder how much they're getting paid, though. We'll get to that. Okay. 
And he's like, well, do you have patients Don't there? tell me they're getting paid in Oxycontin. No. Okay, okay. He says, do you have any patients there? And he's like, yeah, we have patients here. Well, of course, then immediately they realize they have to put in standards, you know, in place and, you know, proper protocols need to be maintained. No, no drinking after, no drinking before two. <laughs> so they, they hired a consultant. Uh-oh. Now, the consultant they hire is a former DEA agent. Ah, fuck. I'm telling you, the consult's the reason they got pinched. All right, go on. Well, this guy's name is Lewis Fisher. He's in his late 60s now. His name is Fisher, too. He's got a wandering eye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he says, Broken eye. This is the guy I, I describe as the classic drip of a man. Yeah. Just a fucking loser. <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> He's like, I had a very interesting career, I think. I was the senior investigator in the Miami office, a group supervisor, and a program manager. I retired, and my wife decided she wanted a divorce. She got half my pension, so I had to pick some money somehow. And that's how I Ugh. got involved with the pain clinics. Ugh. I met with one of them, one of the George brothers. Now, I don't remember which one it was. Darren says, well, what was your impression of him? He's like, it was a businessman. He knew a lot about the drugs, but he had doctors for that purpose, and he hired me to keep him straight. So it became a little business for me. Yeah. I would do like a mock DEA type inspection. Right. I had a checklist. Uh, they had to put signs posted everywhere. Right. They had to follow all the rules yeah. of a pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. OSHA for pharmacies. Yeah. Labels on the vials. Right. Record keeping. Inventories. Physicians can't justify. Real writing. businessman, this other guy. <laughs> right. I mean, what the fuck? I'm telling you. Yeah. Physicians can justify writing for any drug they want as long as they have standards for right. proper documentation. Uh, documentation. Well, Derek says, we kind of looked to the doctors to see how far you could push it. The doctors didn't say anything or raise a red flag or even an eyebrow. Neither did the distributors, of course, or the wholesalers. So Chris finds wholesalers online, and they basically send him a form to fill out. Pills get mailed via UPS or FedEx and they'd arrive in brown boxes just like any other shipment and they show them pushing them in on hand trucks while the patients are in the lobby but they're going in the front door is the yeah, point. yeah so they're coming into the to the to coming into the pain management place yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. not even a back door in this place yeah just front door <laughs> so you know it's like if imagine these fucking if just, these people would have known what's in those boxes oh, fuck you imagine me. just fucking grabbing and yeah. smashing and grabbing you, gonna, you need brinks to back it up in there well he says one delivery could be worth a million dollars on oh, the street oh fuck me uh-huh um they bought medication from over 10 wholesalers and everyone had their own process. He said, some are simpler. Well, all I had to do was like send a fax or an email. Others might send an inspector to the office and they would send him. So then Lewis comes in and he says, if the wholesaler wanted me to check out a clinic, I'd go. They'd pay me a couple hundred dollars cash for each stop I made. I told them, don't sell it. It said it on the report I gave them. If they choose to sell it to them, I did my job. Yeah, yeah. This guy's got no conscience, this guy either. He's a fucking... We have, we have yet to find one good person yeah. in this documentary. In fact, that's what this episode should be, called Find the One Good Person. Well, the victims are the good people. The victims are definitely the good people. I mean, but like, besides they're, they're them, the best people. Right. But besides them, let's see if we could find one decent human being. Okay. 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 So Darren says, when I speak to those guys, the biggest pain clinics, they say they never once had a problem getting pills. 
And Lewis says that's true because if they were ordering, I'd say they're keeping good records. Yeah. They could justify in their documentation of what drugs are being used for. And that's why they're buying more. And Darren says, well, wouldn't that be suspicious? Lewis is like, well, <laughs> you know, suspicious is not really defined in the law. Yeah, it's yeah. a judgment call. It's a good point. This guy's only... And when you have vague laws... I'm telling you, this guy's only suspicion is that if he doesn't get a clean bill of health on these fucking clinics, he's going to have to pay more alimony or right, yeah. you know, rent for his whatever. Right. So Chris says every week our patient numbers just kept going up. Uh, and I never wanted to lose any business. So I tried to make our office as much of an assembly line as possible. Uh, the, by the way, they do show an undercover shot of one of the doctors. And he's like, hey, doc, what happened to your hand? Is it from all that writing? I guess he like he's writing. They're writing scripts so, so fast. The guy's got you know whatever. Fucking, yeah, writer's yeah. cramp or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, they say that handwriting took him too much time, so they had employees that helped get the charts ready and fill pre-filled out the charts oh, for their people, man. and then they made rubber stamps <gasps> to like be like oxycone thirty times yeah. thirty on yeah. this on yeah. the scripts. Yeah, yeah. So they're not even hand, they're not even filling out the scripts. They're yeah. just stamping the scripts. Stamping. Wow. Well, it's time to meet an undercover informant named Matt Good Goodnow, and <sighs> uh, he's like, dude, I always want to work undercover. I thought if you're gonna be a cop. You know, you should probably do the cool stuff, like yep. going into a house and buying a key of cocaine, doing yep. weapons, all that kind of right. stuff. So he said, soon all those deals that they saw on the street, they became 50 pill, 100 pill, 500 pill transactions. Cars were being stopped left and right. He says the explosion was instant. And he said, you could literally throw a rock uh, down the road and hit somebody with 100 blows. Sick. <laughs> you imagine that? Yeah. It's so, like uh, from Sonic the Hedgehog. You yeah, fucking, yeah. You get hit, all your coins come out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that time, um, they were the, the police is a very small unit, and they just didn't have the capabilities to understand what's going on. So now we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to meet some of the purchasers. Okay. So we're going to go to Louisville, Kentucky, and we're going to meet a woman by the name of Whitney Summit okay. and her cousin, Michael Red Johnson. And the first thing she said is great. She's like, the sun's so different down there. First time I went, I was so burnt. We could barely walk into the doctor's office. Ugh. But in the Western part of Kentucky, we were the biggest ring of trafficking narcotics from Florida. Wow. And her cousin, Michael Red, this guy's huge, 6'4", 330, and he just describes Florida as a never-ending pill bottle. Right. He said it was wide open. He said, I used to do what you might call muscle work, pretty horrible stuff. You know, prison school is where all the hookups are. And then he says, Whitney's father, my uncle Glenn, he was in prison with this guy who had this hookup in Florida. So that's how they got started. Well, Whitney says, dad and cousin Red, they're going down to Florida getting Roxy's and bringing them back. We start selling them up here, and, you know, it wasn't really heard of in Kentucky at the time. Right. Well, they also have an aunt named Pat Sandlin, and she says, prescription drugs, they sell real good. Yep. And I started going to the, the doctor getting uh, Plagines. You ever heard of Plagines? No. Well, she was getting Plagines when she was 12. I don't know what that is. She like says, ludes. they're a speed. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Never and she was selling those in the uh, 90s and also selling Dilaudid. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that was the big one back then. But then she said, you know, her brother said, you want to start making real money? And she's like, of course. And she says, just ride on up there with me to Florida, which is ironic because it's down. Right. But uh, Whitney uh, says South Florida pain was the original pain clinic. And the word on the street is they wrote the most pills. They were crooked and they were felons that owned the clinic. Right. So if you that's the place you had to go. Right, right, right. They'd buy the pills for three bucks and flip them, you know, for like 20, 40 bucks. Oof. Yeah. Wait, wait, when you're saying they, you mean who's Whitney. Yeah, yeah, the, the people at the pain management, the people are selling, the people that are buying from the pain management yeah. place are getting for like $3 a pill. Yeah, and they go sell them for 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're driving a thousand miles out of the way. Right. So, uh, and also even just, even if you're in Florida, but just didn't know the hustle, you could probably, yeah. Well, still- the other thing they would do is they would sponsor people to drive down there to be their patients and they take care of their expenses. Yeah. And then they the whole thing they'd have three or four fucking illegal immigrants dude, going there. Dude, they had a bus that said church of like whatever. Oh, they God. All, they had these shirts that said Tree of Life Baptist Church on oh. them, which is like the perfect, like, get pulled over. Who's going to pull over no. a church, you know, bus? Dude, and then you go and you tell them, all right, you're going to go for a fucking wellness check. And then you don't even tell them. You just have some stupid fucking intern interview them and then uh, ask them, uh, well, what's this? What's that? And then you don't even, they never see a pill in their life. All their jars of pills go into a box in the back. They know they're none the wiser. All they did was have a nice little, man, you fucking drop them off at a casino for a couple hours, slap them around a bit. They'll be home by no time. So crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Here's here's a roll of nickels. Go have fun at the slots. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Well, this task force uh, is, at this point, made up of the FBI, the DEA, uh, Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, Broward County Sheriff's Office. And they uh, there's a woman on the scene there named Jennifer Turner, and she says she's at the lo- uh, water cooler one day, and she had an uh, uh, experience in healthcare fraud, and somebody says, says, hey, maybe you should go check out these clinics. Now, typically, they were working on cocaine and marijuana cases. Pills were never even on the radar. Yeah. It's just insane to me because it's in front of them. We had lewds for a while, but really after lewds, you didn't really have a whole lot that was like really going to be... Well, my point is, how can it not be on your radar if it's in plain sight? That's why I was so attracted to this documentary when I saw it. It's like, are the cops always a step behind? Because they're backlogged, well, working on other cases. Well, think about who's selling the pills. Who's really making of the course, money off of course. the pills. And we're going to get to that. Yeah, I mean, there's probably so much of that, uh, eh, look the other way kind of thing. Well, that, that's, that goes from the top down. Kurt puts the pieces together and he says, hey, look, why are so many people traveling from out of state? He's like, this ain't the Mayo Clinic we're talking about. Yeah. Here, all right. This isn't the finest healthcare facility yeah. in the world. You're talking street corner pop-up shops. Well, they decided to focus on the biggest, which was, of course, the George brothers. And they said on the surface, everything looks like, you know, it's legit. They got real doctors. Yeah. They pay for that $36 license. Yeah. You know, um, they have DEA control numbers that check out and it what looked to be a clinic. So where was the crime? They got to figure out what the crime is. So, you know, they showed these places, like I said before, they're next to tattoo parlors, nail salons, Mm. tobacco stores. Yep fucking beanie baby shops yeah yeah, cr- yeah just yeah. fucking just crazy right next to yeah well of course as they get bigger more attention grows so the doctors to protect their own asses they're like we got to get an mri 
because uh, an MRI can help us justify and verify the patient really had some type of injury because that's subjective. Yeah. You Seriously. Know? You just say, yeah, his knees were worn out. <laughs> right. Look at the cartilage yeah. on that. It's better Meta- than him. Metatarsal. Than, yeah. It's better than him taking, you know, 10 naproxen a day. Well, what this does is opens up a whole new realm of business to all these MRI companies. Uh, <laughs> they figured it out. Are you ready to meet a gentleman by the name of Pete Tyndale, the MRI <laughs> I guy? I must have sold about 30 MRIs to these fucking idiots. This guy, Pete Tyndale. Yeah. Well, he shows up because he's the MRI salesman. He's he got a piece. He's got his own MRI machine. Oh, shit. This dude. guy's a hustler. Uh, fronted a pop band in the 90s ah. called Spickline. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing. Not too not too great these days. Well, they reminded me of like Belle Biv DeVoe or no, Boys to Men Without Any Talent. Okay. But when you look at the title, because they show a vintage like video of Spickline, yeah. they're three black guys. And you're okay. like, this does not make any sense. So I did Google them. They had an album out. But they phonetically sit under Spickline. It says pronounced, and they phonetically spell Spice line? Speakline. Speakline. Right. Because they're so stupid that <laughs> they named their fucking thing after a racial pejorative for a Mexican person. Because <laughs> they're much. dumb. Yeah. So they had to. That was like the O'Neaters in that in the movie. The what was it called? That thing you do. That thing you they do. They made him change the name from the Wonders. You know, the no O'Neaters. The, the number one. What is it? The O'Neaters? No, no, no. None of this, no more of this Oneater shit. We're the wonders now with the W. Well, I did watch their YouTube video, which had, um, I think, three subscribers and did listen to their song, My Love Will Last Forever. Uh, <laughs> the Oneaters is the, the best fucking name. We should name something. Anyway, go on. I also listened and watched the video to Sexy Lady. Sexy Lady. At the time of my viewing, it had 492 views. Um, anyway, so Pete Tyndale, you know, the music business, we all know it's a rough business. Yeah. So he starts a company called Faye Imaging and it's a mobile MRI unit. Well, everyone knew what Faye Imaging was and it was the place to go. What is it? Well, they called him parking lot Pete. Faye Faye Imaging. That's the name of the company. I feel like I've heard of that company for some reason. You haven't. No. Okay. No. But F-A-Y-E? F-A-Y-E. The point is, he's got a nickname, Parking Lot Pete, right. for a reason. He's got the MRI machine. In his car? No. In his truck? Because that's the thing now. It's literally the size of uh, a mobile home. Yeah. But yeah. it's in the back of a strip club. It's gigantic. Yeah. So while you were waiting on your MRI, they sent you over to the strip club to get a couple lap dances. No. Yes. yes. Sick. And then when they were ready, they'd come get you. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> this is the waiting room for the fucking. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Well, Zach Rose, he's got a real racket going on over here. <laughs> Zach Rose says he gets in the tube and he immediately hand him the CD. And then the doctor's report is faxed over 24 hours later. And he said everybody that went in that tube came out with a herniation, bulging disc, or something wrong with them. And I said, Pete, how does everybody right. have something wrong with them? And he says, uh, let's just say my doctors look closer than other doctors. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so they take a lot of care. I mean, even then, too, you could probably look at a fucking MRI and say, I mean, there's so much you can like. Of course. Know. Well, Michael Red Johnson says, every time I went down there, I spoke with the doctor. He played along with it. 
Like he'd look at the MRI and he'd say, you know, you're in extreme pain, obviously. You need a bunch of medicine. And he said it just seemed too good to be true. Well, right. at this point, the feds, they flip a couple of patients to get them to go work in undercover. Cool. The Fed's goal is to prove that the MRI, the patient files, the examinations were all window dressing right. that allowed these guys to deal drugs legally. Right. Well, the business quickly grew from almost 100% local patients to 95% out of state. So while still increasing in size. Correct. Yeah. So they run the math. It's 20 hours from Kentucky. To the pill mills in South Florida. It's good money, though. Yeah. Well, Pat Sandlin, the aunt, she was going down three or four times a week. She goes down there and she's like, "Cousin Ricky, what are you doing here?" Holy you fuck! Know, just running into people. Yeah. So man, yeah. At this point, the Fed say the George brothers and other people like them got almost ninety percent of the oxycodone manufactured in the entire country. Wait so, a minute. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the Sacklers from Purdue from seven like oh seven oh eight oh nine around two thousand eight. You're telling me that they, according to the Feds, ninety five percent no ninety percent ninety percent of all oxycon uh-huh. manufactured through. in the United in the United States. Okay. So who knows? Maybe somebody else is getting there. That's China. still a shit ton of shit, dude. Uh-huh. I don't care. That's yeah. a lot, man. That is crazy. Well, this listen to this, and they do back this up with evidence. Uh, of the 20 highest prescribing physicians in the entire country, five of them worked at just one of Chris's facilities. That's Whoa. countrywide. Wait, hold yeah. on. Say that again. So 20... Out of the 20 highest prescribing physicians in the entire country, five of them worked at one of Chris's facilities. In 2009 alone, they ordered just shy of 3 million pills. Wow. And they say those numbers were uh, through the roof compared to other competitors. Uh, Chris adds, I wanted my doctors to be the top prescribing doctors in the country. To me, that was an accomplishment of being number one. We're number one. Well, yeah. We're number <laughs> one. <laughs> Fucking shit bags, dude. Yeah. So um, one of the Fed says, I believe that the individuals who manufactured, distributed, supplied these medications had to have known exactly what was going on. And then they do show the amount of pills that these big manufacturers uh, distributed between 2006 and 2012. Walgreens, their total was 12 billion. Uh, McKesson, 14 billion. Uh, Activists, 26 billion. And then uh, Malincrot, 28 billion. Activists is the one that makes the the best promethazine. That's the one that all the rappers want. Well, I think, who did uh, Purdue have distribute? Uh, McKesson, I think. I don't know. But I could be wrong. Anyway. Um, so these, they also have these, uh, email exhibits from the actual trial from the manufacturers and there's an unknown, you know, one they show, they protect this guy's name for some reason. Um, but it says, keep them coming, flying out of here. It's like people are addicted to them or something. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, really? And then the response is just like Doritos keep eating. We'll make more. So there's your complicity. Complicity. When yeah. you want to talk about, you know, I'm sure everybody's getting grease from the top down. Of course, everybody. Well, Whitney says we come down and be like Christmas. Uh, they just fill up duffel bags, and the yeah, guy. Yeah, if says, the police or the DEA or the FBI even tried to go stop that thing down immediately, somebody from Pfizer would show up with a fucking briefcase 
dump it right on their f- stupid fat fucking face and be like, you're not doing anything. Right. Let it go. Right. And there. And, and, and imagine, by the way, if you don't let it go, we're not going to let, let your wife go. Yeah. Because here we're, yeah. remember how she got kidnapped and yeah. we're missing last yeah, week? Yeah. We have her in a basement. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, and and there's and they're buying it for three dollars a pill. Yeah. So imagine how much the these guys are getting it, and how much the manufacturers are selling it for, and still making. Well, don't forget you have insurance involved here too. Insurance involved, everything. Yeah. Oh man, fuck. Dude. Well, um, red. And by the way, he does have red hair. He says he rattled so much when he walked around with his pills in a duffel bag. When he says, when everybody's got money, everyone likes you. You yeah, know, what is that called? The fucking um, you shake the, the pill walk? No, the pill. Uh, that there's like a city that the name that the name after like a pill young, rattle, uh, North like, Oklahoma, like the Youngstown, the Youngstown Rattler, or like something something like that. Where like you or there's something something call, and it's like you you walk into the village or some fucking yeah. trailer park, and you shake, and then all the fucking you shake the pill bottle, and all the fucking crackies come out and look outside. What's going on? News to me, but yeah. sounds like a good time. Yeah. Uh, so Whitney says everybody's partying. We're we're having a great time. And she says in Easter of 2009, my aunt had an adult Easter egg hunt, and it was all fucking oxycodone. <laughs> and fucking goddamn it, dude. Well, but here's the thing. Bob Levy did that shit too. Here's the thing. Yeah. There were kids. So what she would do is substitute a penny that got you a Roxy, okay? A quarter got you like a Zanbar. Uh, and then something else got something else because she didn't want her kids accidentally finding the pills, but it was an adult Easter egg hunt. Uh huh. So, but so I get you. So the yeah. the kids and the the kids and the adults did it. Yeah. And the kids would come, and the adults would come back with fucking yeah. And then Pat like deals out the drugs yeah. after the Easter egg hunt, and then they cool. show everybody. This is I love this. They're all too. just fucking. They just storm out of the house, all running after all these hidden drugs oh in the my back. God, yeah. that's hilarious. Charging like bulls. She said it was like all over the yard, like fucking little knocking, maggots trying n- to find knocking her. kids out. People of People are getting shit. checked. Yeah. She says, my cousin Red, he was bulldozing over people, grabbing those Easter eggs. Fuck. Yeah. Dad. Well, and then she says afterwards, it was a race to see who could snort the most. Whoa. Yeah. That's intense. That just sounds scary. Yeah. Let's get back to Chris's pain clinic. You remember the, the muscle guy, yep. Derek? Yeah. Yeah. So Derek's like, you know, I'm out there all day dealing with these zombies. Yeah. And I'd snap at him. Yeah. Smack him around as need be. Piece of shit. A couple hours into the day, I was not as nice as I possibly seem, mm-hmm. you know, like I am now. So we see Derek on closed circuit TV. <laughs> <laughs> Just beating the fuck out of somebody. He's not beating the fuck out of him, but they have everything recorded. And he's like, once you come in, you stay until it's time to leave. I like you guys, but all the people in the business around here, they hate you guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> wait so he's you're talking about the patients yeah 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 Yeah, but you know derek's like the the bouncer yeah i mean <laughs> yeah, he's like the straight shooter yeah it's like look they fucking hate you they don't want you around you smell yeah yeah he says when he uh when he did come out this he's talking about chris because he said chris would just stay in his office he would see me mistreating or being rude to a patient or something like that and he would jump in on their side you know, mm. because he sees them as dollar signs. Right. So there's a recorded co- uh, phone call between Chris and uh, Chris wants to talk to him about his demeanor. And uh, Chris says, I'll take care of him. He's just got to be a little nicer to patients, right? Right. Because this is somebody that's a patient that's pissed. Yeah. 
And he's like, the patient's like, he never says hi. He never says bye to anybody. He doesn't even welcome us in. <laughs> oh my god. Of course. It's cattle. He's a fucking sheepdog. That's why. You hired you you hired a sheepdog. Well, Chris just jokingly says, Hi, welcome to the dope hole. Can I get you a syringe? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you can't because this, this guy who owns the place, the guy's reprimanding him. Which one is it? Chris. He's fucking, he's not there in the trenches. Yeah. With the fucking exactly. dirty shit needles. Yeah. Well, Derek says, they don't stop, dude. They're literally like a bunch of fucking toddlers. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to make it look as legitimate as possible. And I got these freaking morons in a parking lot acting like they're at Mardi Gras. It's a whole scene. Yeah. So you said, that sounds like a place I would have been hanging out. No, you wouldn't. Not. No. Yeah, you're right. And then he says the entire adult population of certain towns in Kentucky or West Virginia would come down. People brought Winnebago's and just pulled oh, out their lawn fuck chairs. Me, dude. Everybody hanging out. That's a their burn. Cars. Yeah, that's a burn. Get the fuck out of here. Smoking, drinking. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, Whitney adds when you pull up, it's, so it'd be like a family reunion from Kentucky. Ugh. So, uh, brother Jeff, let's not forget about him. Jeff, who's also in jail. He says, I believe we've created like a new form of tourism. We were basically like the Disneyland of pain uh, clinics. These guys are kind of proud of this when they talk to I know. That's what's making them more scumbag. They have I know. zero empathy. It's because they're shitheads themselves. And they're like, well, yeah. if these shitheads couldn't figure it out, we were shitheads too. Yep. Like if they couldn't, fi- if they can't figure it out, then. Again, you know- the game of today's podcast is yeah. let's find the one person yeah. with a redemption arc. Yeah. Is it possible? No. Well, Derek says. I was just waiting for somebody to come in and shut us down and throw handcuffs on us, you know, but it never happened. He said it was unbelievable. And at the same time, the juice is kind of worth the squeeze. You know what I mean? Go fuck yourself. At the end of the week. This is like the good morning, Gloria guy. The who? Uh, Good morning, Gloria. It's just like a fucking cheat, like a fucking Italian uh, meathead that just like, you know, thinks he's the shit. Gotcha. Uh, At the end of the week. He says, I had MRI companies coming in and handing me 3000 4000 in cash for all the people I sent to the, you know, their two. Wow, cool. And the sponsors would be like, I brought 10 people. How much is it going to cost to get them to cut the line? So, so many hours in a day. It's turning into a nightclub, fucking yeah. greasing the security guard. Yeah, and, and he's like, give me two. I got VIP, concierge service. <laughs> you want you bottle that's, service? That's what, that's, you know, doctor, doctors are doing this now. Like, if you're trying to get in just your regular, like the expensive doctors, HMO, um, Blue Shield and shit, like, they will now, they have a concierge service that like, like you want to see your doctor today? Yeah. You got to pay an extra VIP fee. Otherwise, next Wednesday is your appointment. Wow. Such bullshit. Well, he, he basically says, yeah, two grand to cut the line. Now, the people that work the counters, every single person that came through gave them $50 to move them up. So Dana, remember the one they hired uh, off Craigslist? Yeah. She says the patients would say, I'll pay you extra if you fill my prescription first. Cool. So Derek says, I started taxing those people, the employees. Oh, what a piece of shit. $200 a day. Oh <laughs> my God. At the end of every day, I'd have another stack, 2,000, 3,000 sitting on my decks. I was probably making 20,000 a week. Oh. This is the jarhead that's the bouncer. He's making Fuck. 20 grand a week. That's awesome, though. Well, remember our guy, Alex, the bartender? That's fucked up. He says they didn't even have a cash register. They had garbage bins underneath the counter and they would just f- 
pushed the money into the garbage, into the garbage bins. Wow. And, you know, dollars were flying everywhere. He says they didn't give a shit about anything. Uh, there wasn't a CPA on the what, staff. What was the change policy? I, I don't think they did change at, at all. all. Unless they're already rolled? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, he just said no accounting on staff, nothing. So <clears throat> now, remember uh, Detective uh, Cafiero, Carmel is yep. the name? Yep. So... She says, once war got out on the street, there was money to be made and big money. They popped up everywhere like weeds. So with Zach, yeah. he decides to start his own clinic and he said it was easy. He says it was way too easy. And he goes, and which one's Zach? Zach's the guy that we were talking about earlier. The okay. one that his friend had the grow shop. And yes. Fucked it yes, up. Yes, and then, yes. you know, he finds out, you know, gotcha. he's just filling scripts at this point. And like, he has nothing to do with the George brothers. No, he's just like, I'm going to start yeah. my own clinic. But he found out about it through them. Yeah. Okay. He walked in. Got a script. Got a script. Walked out with his 180 Roxy's. Yeah. So anyway, he said, it wasn't until I met Vinny when I realized how easy it was. He says, I went to Vincent Colangelo's clinic. I was doctor shopping. I was just sitting there filling out patient forms. He grabs my form out of my hand, and he just starts checking 10 on the pain level. This hurts. This hurts. This hurts. You got to tell him this. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, that's the owner. <laughs> that's Vinny, Pill Mill Vinny. Yep. Well, we hit it off. The next day we went and had lunch. He goes, you want to be a business partner? And at the time he said, I drove this jacked up yellow F-150. And he goes, I want your truck. <laughs> okay. He goes, that's the deal. I he, want your truck. Yeah. For what? He goes, to be my partner. He goes, that's oh. part of the deal. Oh. And he, and he goes, well, then I won't have anything to drive. And he's like, I'll give you this Mercedes. The point is, the guy was addicted to cars. Okay. So cool. he's buying cars every day. Wow. And there's a semi. Really? Because yeah, there's semis coming up every day. And uh, they'd open the door. Zing, oh. Is he also selling them too? No. He's, he's just, just collecting, collecting them. them. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, that's a 67 Camaro. I forgot about that. He had to get a warehouse to store all these cars. So the regular old Jay Leno over here. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Zach goes, well, Vinny was always a crackhead. <laughs> yeah. True, trailer trash <laughs> Jay Leno. He smoked crack. Yeah. And he went to prison for heroin. Came out of prison. Selling it? Yeah. Came out of prison and was on probation. And then he started paying clinics. Mm -hmm. So he says his Smart. <laughs> Fucking smart. He says his clinics were the most orthodox for sure. I mean, the one that we opened up. Had two, Orthodox. had two pool tables inside of it. Oh, fancy, he says, fancy. He said, we got to have pool tables. And I said, for fucking what? It's a doctor's office. And I realized, holy shit, if this moron could do it, I can, I can figure yeah, this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Car Carmel's segment finally makes the local news. Well, she confronts Derek as he ushers in an elderly patient into the clinic. And... You know, Carmel. Like, like, like journalists on the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, some so, Project Veritas shit. I love it. Let's so go. Carmel says, are you certified in pain management? Why do you think so many people are coming from uh, out of state to come see you guys? And Derek says, because they're from Bible, Bates, Bible Belt states and they can't get pain medication. So the guy knows the shit. Well, so anyway, Carmel, they're working on this story. Uh, she interviews somebody in the parking lot. That's a good move right there. Especially, especially if you're talking to the media, they're like, fuck, well, he's right. <laughs> she's going up to patients going, why, why can't you get help in Kentucky? Yeah. And these 
people are like, nobody will help us up there. Wow. And then so, it turns around and everybody's mad at Kentucky now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they finally get inside information that Chris, a guy named Chris, is running the place. So they waited for him, caught him in the street. Morning, Mr. George. We have pictures of people snorting, shooting up in the parking lot. You know, I mean, what do you have to say about what's going on right here? And he goes, I don't believe you're right. She's like, that's all you have to say? And then he just walks in. So pretty good. They air this story. So he says, well, I'm just going to get out of town. So he moves his clinic to Boca Raton. Well, Carmel tracks him to Boca Raton. Mm -hmm. Well, we hear a recording audio between Derek and Chris. And Chris is, you know, says, be careful. There's a van across the street. It's probably Carmel. Uh, I don't Boca Raton, more like Boca Haram. I don't want to, I don't want to go. I don't want to be on camera. Should I just change my clothes and put a mask on and slash your tires? Chris, the best thing is to get a slingshot. Shoot out some of the windows. Uh, He's like, you want me to do that? Well, then Carmel goes after Chris's wife, Diana. You walk outside, there's just a bunch of dead pigeons on the floor. (laughs) They totally miss. Yeah, just a bunch of dead crows and shit. It's like... Anyway, they confront Diana and which one's Diana? Just that's like a worker? Chris's wife. Oh, wife. Okay. Yeah, the stripper. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Pavlich yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Pavlich. So the wholesalers start seeing that this is a problem. And they call and they're like, You guys look like drug dealers. <laughs> we can't sell you guys any more pills. Who says this now? The wholesalers. What okay, 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 okay. Like okay. the McKessons. When, when, when was it? How do they do it? Because they're making too much bad press. They're on the uh, news. Oh, oh, oh! Just they're just saying you look like so on the phone or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, they call them up on the phone and they're like, "You look like on TV. You you look like yeah." Drug dealers. They're like, "We and can't we sell can't. to you anymore." Oh, fuck me! They're like, "We got to cut off business." So now they're that's when American Pain was created. They're like, or you could just change the name of your business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wink, wink. Did nod, they, nod. Did they change the location? And we're back in business. Yep. Same location or different? They. Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. He says, at this point, we're probably buying a couple hundred thousand pills, maybe a million pills a month. That's a gravy train right there. Well, the salesperson says, change the sales. The first of all, that's my next question. The salesperson. Well, this is Chris talking now. <sighs> he says, the salesperson told us to change the name, put it in somebody's name that doesn't have a criminal record. Okay? That'll take the spotlight off of you. And then now, now he's getting fucking advice from the salespeople. Uh-huh. Oh my god! And then also them, of course, he because is. they sold to us. So I changed <sighs> South Florida pain to you guessed it, <sighs> American pain. Because why? It just sounded like a good name to me. <sighs> he's so patriotic, bro. Man, it's baseball, a, Chevrolet, apple pie, and pills. Man, so. Let's get back to Anthony. Why it wouldn't be any different than the fucking than the machinery business? Like this is the same thing that went on in the machinery business. It eventually got to a point where the salespeople were were telling the you know the people who wanted to buy the machinery but couldn't legally. There's like always some kind of shit going on with large manufacturing machinery. So we would just tell them how to work the laws, the (laughs) the sketchy ways and shit, and like who you need to pay off if you had to pay off somebody. Right. Well. Um. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. There's too much money at stake, I think, is yeah. the, the bottom line here. Right. Well, let's get back to Anthony Pineda. He says, we're in Fort Lauderdale. He said, I saw a car pull over really quick, and they rolled a kid out of the car, just pushed him out, thought he was dead. 
and he was oh, blue fuck. and I was getting ready to do CPR and I did maybe one, two compressions and he just <gasps> woke up like a zombie. Oh yeah. God, my Nod- palms are sweaty. Yep. Nodded out of it. And he said that that's opiate aspect of these drugs. <sighs> and he says, you know, his friends literally just panicked and ditched him. Fuck man. Well, here's the thing. It starts affecting the community. Um, the community activist, Janet, she was working at a children's hospital uh, on a neonatal unit in Broward. And started noticing all these kids, all the kids that are like fucked up. They're the addicted pills. and they test them and they find out it's awesome. Oh, no. Well, you want to hear how shitty the hospital is? The hospital doesn't want people knowing they had drug addicted babies. So they just stopped testing them. I, they didn't get into that. Yeah. But she was like, are you kidding me? You know? And she said, every hospital in Broward County has drug-addicted babies. And at that moment, there was 150 pill mills just in Broward County. Yo, straight up, though, uh-huh. drug-addicted babies is a pretty cool name for a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. Punk band. Yeah, I don't know punk. about rock. Yeah, whatever. Punk. Okay. So Jane says, I couldn't walk away from the drug-addicted babies and just ignore it. <laughs> you know, we all showed up with our signs. And they go out and pick it. They do the right thing, you know? Um, well, the bottom line is, you know, the reporters come out and say it's Florida's regulations that are so lax that are allowing convicted felons, uh, to own and operate pill mills. You know, that's what this is all about. Uh, Anthony Pineda says, I was amazed at just the volume of weeks and months and months of doing these stories. You know, you would see what we show them on TV and you'd say to yourself, who's not watching this? Yeah. You know? What do we need to do to wake people up? Well, remember John Paul George, father of the year? Mm-hmm. Since I saw some <laughs> of the articles, my concern was them getting in trouble with the law. Um, we would talk about that. So then we hear a recorded call between John Paul George minus Ringo yeah. and Chris. And John Paul George minus Ringo says, you know, Terry, that works for me? To Beatles minus Ringo. Correct. <laughs> Stupid. Chris is like, Yes. Well, he says her brother-in-law just got popped by the DEA. Someone in Kentucky turned oh, on him down there. Arrests are widening, so I don't know. Be careful or something. Now, here's my question. What the fuck is dad doing with shady business? I mean, he's got I was got just Terry. about to ask. Like, so, like, this is like a family thing now. Like, Terry's brother-in-law is running dope here in to, from back to Kentucky? Apparently. So, anyway, Chris says, I don't have to be careful. And then I, it's and it's also curious that like now you're starting to get all these other Kentuckians from there, and it's like yeah, okay, course. so now not only it's not some random reason why they're making its way to Kentucky. Well, Chris says, you know, I'm not worried. If they would have busted me, they would have already busted me by now. Well, John says, well, George says the I was convinced. Yeah, you know that there was no problem. Chris said they had doctors. We're not allowed to tell them what to do. Yeah, it's a plausible deniability kind of Mm -hmm. bullshit. They had the doctor sign forms at the end of every day. Yeah. You didn't overprescribe, and they did all this to protect themselves. So back to the recorded call. Right. John Paul George says, I know it's a lot of money. I don't want to talk on the phone too much. (laughs) Yeah, right. But there's a country Mm -hmm. called Belize. (laughs) Okay. It's a great place. Yes. Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking piece He's of like, shit. Uh, Belize in South America. Yeah, I'll, tell you, more. I'll tell you more. I'll tell you more. But this is strictly for asset protection. Oh, for like money. 
yeah money laundering or yeah whatever. so we, or at least save it like if it's not money laundering because you feel like you're doing the right thing regardless it's at least well if i get wrapped up in some shit at least i'll have some money in the long run okay here's the thing you've seen casino remember yes. how he always and uh de niro's like and i always had ten thousand or Whatever, ten yeah. million dollars in a safety yeah, yeah. deposit box. Like, this was strictly sh- blackmail, yeah, shakedown yeah. money, or like how they get fucked and blow. Also, yeah. So he well, has- it's funny you mentioned that because okay. then uh, the stepfather says Chris came to him and said, "Is there some place like offshore I could go right. to put my money?" And he says, "Chris says I was thinking Belize," and he said. Well, if you want to take the risk like they did in Panama in, in the 80s oh, or something, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is what happened That's what to happened. George Jung and they from got Blow. 15 mil. Dude, he had like 60 million, I thought. Uh, and they yes. just, like, the bank 50 of mil maybe, yeah. some South American or, you know. Yeah, they just took it. They were the just like, like once, the fe- once the feds were caught on to them, they're like, they just took it. Those weren't even the feds. Those were just sketchy governments that took his money. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Federal so government. anyway, the bottom line is, where do you think the cash ends up? <laughs> and the police in the possession of the Belizean. No, it doesn't no. go anywhere. Oh, they oh, leave oh, it in oh. the house. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they just leave the money. Oh, dumb. Underneath their mattress, essentially. No. Well, okay. <laughs> they put it in four different safes in the attic <laughs> of his parents' <laughs> I mean, house. Okay. Still pretty sketch. So, you know, Diana. And says, how much money are we talking, you think? Uh, We'll get there. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. Diana says. But it's probably not. I'm still only thinking less than 20 mil. Oh, yeah. It's less than that. Okay. Diana says, you know, when you're making all... But here's the thing. But it's a lot of money still. It's a lot of money a for lot of, anybody. In, in a quick amount of time, and especially for these fucking for these scars. Scum, fucking scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Fucking can dicks. Diana says, when you're making a lot of money like that, it tends to distract you. Our relationship was very rocky. Well, uh, we hear a recorded call between Chris and Diana, and she's like, you know why I'm not happy? And he's like, all right, listen, if you think I cheat on you, first of all, you shouldn't be with me. And she's like, it's every single day, Chris. I worry what you're doing about at work. Well, remember our barber friend, uh, Nicholas Alex Gonzalez? Oh, yeah. He said, you could say he had a couple of assistants. (laughs) And I think they uh, worked, you know, under the desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Working the pole, one might say. (laughs) So Derek says Chris didn't want her at the office anymore. Right. So he could try to bang all the chicks in the office that he got off Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. So what's his solution? He's like... I'll just open another pain clinic. Of course. And I'll put Diana in charge. Of course. Get her out of here. Make yeah. me money on the side. And then she can run it. She could put little flowers. And well, stuff. she buys it because she's like, he needed somebody he could he that he could trust. Yeah. So she buys it, obviously. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I could run this business. Fuck yeah, I can. And I was going to be good at it. Yeah. And I was. So then. I'm a woman. Uh, according to Chris, executive pain quickly became a busy clinic, probably the <laughs> second biggest clinic in the country. They were seeing 200 patients a day. So Derek, he says, when I had to kick somebody out of American pain, I just sent him to executive pain. Yeah. Give him a fresh start. Oh, nice. <laughs> so all my paperwork looked, looked all the, good. All the scragglers. He's like, eh, you know, guy came in with track marks. I kicked him out. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. What is track marks in his fucking skin marks in his butt? Okay. So at this oh, track marks on, yeah, his arm, on his arm, on his arm. Duh. At this point, Chris also convinced his mother Denise to go work at the new clinic oh. under Diana. So hopefully she doesn't get addicted. She, she calls up Chris one day and she's like, "Hey, Chris." He's like, "Oh, hey, mom. Uh, I'm filling out this questionnaire and they want to know what's the percentage of out-of-state patients." 
And Chris is like, oh, yeah, just take the name out and the address. And she's like, why? Huh. He's like, uh, remember, we're lying about how many are out of state. <laughs> okay. So, they're, you know, they're obviously lying then. Yeah. Okay. And, but, and he's, he has to whack his mom. Uh, mom, well, she ends up in a fucking dirt in her underwear, in uh, a dirt hole <laughs> with her a, brother. In a cornfield. Yeah, in a cornfield. <laughs> Why are we going to this cornfield? <laughs> so, Diana says... You know, she was her like number two. Yeah. But she was also the one that was meeting with the wholesalers and the doctors to sign all their stuff. What a scumbag this piece of shit but is. But then this guy. Darren, yeah. he says, was she ever suspicious of the operation? Yeah. And Diana says she never said anything to me. So, yeah, I mean, they boomers. What can you do? Boomers? Yeah, just get rid of the <laughs> name and address. And, oh, mom, don't forget we lie about that part. I mean, we're 95% of our. <laughs> she's already a Floridian, so she's, yeah. she, she's, she's hip. Well, don't forget about Jeff. So, Chris's pain clinics, they're much more prolific than Jeff's. Uh, Chris was definitely at the top of the chart. The feds wanted to get an undercover informant inside, but they also knew that to get inside, you had to know her Chris or Jeff to get hired. As a male. Correct. So they send in the new uh, guy detective, Matt mm. Goodnow, mm. because someone notices him in the office mm -hmm. and he's wearing an affliction t-shirt. <laughs> oh no, this, yeah. oh fucking idiots, these uh -huh. people. Dude, affliction t-shirts are kryptonite I, to musclehead oh pill dealers. Oh my God. Yeah, well he goes in. And he gets undercover audio and video. And they have camera footage of Derek Nolan running the show. And he says it was dirty, looked like a bus terminal, and it looked like a DMV. Well, Derek Nolan, he's shouting at the top of his lungs to the patients, threatening them. Cell phones off. Can everybody do me a favor and just try and keep the noise down? If that's a problem for you, we can just stop calling names from right now. Don't do anything stupid. He's, Don't be sniffing your pills in the parking lot. Don't be shooting up. Follow the rules yeah. and everyone, everything will be fine. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking, he's a glorified gym teacher. Well, good now. Uh, he goes to the front desk, pays his initial fee, and um, he gets the MRI report. And he looked at it and he said, "This, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So... He said, can I get a new MRI? And the guy's like, yeah, you give me 50 bucks. I'll write you a prescription for an MRI. Yeah. So I give him, another, he gave him another 50. He gets a script. And for the MRI, um, he, uh, he pulls out a piece of paper and says, go here. Fay imaging. So he follows the address. <laughs> Turn left at the couch, right at the refrigerator. He gets there and he thought they were fucking with him. Yeah. Because it's at a strip club. Yeah. And the mobile MRI is around back. And again, this part of it doesn't really seem that illegal yet. Well, he gets there. I mean, giving the $50. Okay, okay. okay P. Go. Tyndale, remember? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. No, no sign of any members right, from right. Spickline when he shows up. <laughs> right, right. They're checking, they're checking people in, and the guy's like, it's going to be a while. Yeah. You know, they don't say go over to the club or anything. But then Matt's like, well, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks to cut the line. She's like, okay, you're next. <laughs> so they faxed it over within an hour. He goes back to American Pain, does the piss test, and then he goes to see the doctor. He knows the doctor's name. It was Boshers. And he goes, this guy looked worn out. Yeah. So 
they found out <laughs> that Boschers had a pill problem himself, <clears throat> and he was carrying a gun on his hip, and oh. they have it on hidden camera. Wow. You can see the the gun on the hip, and then later on they ask him, "Why'd you carry a gun?" He said, "Well, this place is really dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's Florida. Yeah, because because I can. You never know you will run into a, 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 a street gator." Well, they take his blood pressure. They do a quick history. They ask him when his pain began. And he's like, six months ago. And, you know, Dr. Boschers was like, have you seen a doctor or anything like that? And he's like, no. He asked me if uh, I'd ever taken Roxycodone uh, before prescribing me the drug. And he said, yeah. And the doctor said, well, where'd you get him? And he's like, off the street. And, you know, he's like, I knew everybody knows what's going down. I, I get a little more comfortable because he knows what I'm there for. And he's like, you smoke cigarettes? He's like, no. And he's like, well, do you drink? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, give me an idea. How often? He's like, a couple beers a day. <laughs> well, at this point, he thinks he's blowing the entire operation, you know, because he walked in. There's 35, 40 people that can't even keep their eyes open. Yeah. And this guy's busting his balls about alcohol. He right. says, you, I can't prescribe them to you, you know, if you're going to drink on them. So he's like, I just blew the biggest undercover operation of all time <laughs> over me saying I have a couple drinks. So um, that's I mean, hilarious. I know. So he's like, I am going to get back. They're gonna- that's a real sign of a newbie who doesn't know like the game. Because even like these fucking crackheads, <laughs> yeah. they've, they've already spoken amongst each other. Uh, like what you have to answer Everything. the way they know yep. what, to, what to say, what not to say. Or allow the doctor to lead you into the correct answer. <laughs> well, Dr. Bosher says, hold on. Let me see what I can do. Let me get a second opinion. Oh, what a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And guess who walks in the door? The expert, as doctor refers to him, Chris George. Now, he looks, really? like, he looks like he just got back from the beach. Yeah. All right. Frosted up. <laughs> He's frosted up. Tips are frosted. Fully frosted. Yeah. I think the, the latest affliction shirt was on him. Nah. And he's like, you know, hey, Chris. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, Dr. Boschers says, you know, it's a problem because I drink. Boschers is like, yeah, he drinks every day. And, you know, good. And I was like, he just referred to Chris George as a medical expert. <sighs> And Boschers says, well, in the, front of the DEA agent. Yeah. And the thing, <clears throat> Boschers is like, you know, I got to be really careful, you know, because my patients don't drink, Chris. And I, you know, I thought we should see what you think. And, you know, Chris is like, yeah, I understand. And Boschers is like, well, should we just send him to the other <laughs> clinic? Send him to, yeah, executive <laughs> clinic. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. Oh, that might have saved his ass, except you can't be calling him no expert. Correct. So Fuck. they give him directions. They send him to the West Palm Clinic. Um, they, uh, literally, Chris takes 50 bucks out of his wallet and says, you know, um, he tries to bribe the doctor. No, he's just like, dude, I feel bad. I hate to lose business to anybody. But, you know, just go over to executive, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's make like, sure to tell him you don't drink every day. <laughs> by the way, don't don't let my wife uh, s- smell you because this yeah. this, <laughs> yeah. this chick's perfume. Yeah. She's been, uh, you know, giving yeah. me shit about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, she might find him attractive. Too. He's wearing an affliction shirt. <laughs> well, he literally says, just go ask for Diana. Tell her. Tell him Chris saying you. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes the call. Kind of a big deal over there. And right in front of him. And he's like, uh, I'm sending a patient over. He'll be over in 20 minutes. So 
Anyway, uh, at this point, the feds, uh, they get the evidence they needed that linked Chris George to executive pain by mm -hmm. that transaction right there. Yeah. They also get and evidence. And is he on like, is he on like recording devices? Oh, this whole thing's videoed. Oh, okay. So they also get the evidence that because Chris used his phone, that's conducting illegal activity. Um, I guess it's probably another like wire fraud charge. Yep. Um, and then executive pain, what they determine, it was basically open for rejects. <laughs> so he didn't want any of his competitors getting any of the patients he had to turn down. Yeah. So they figured that part out. Well, things take a turn when patients start asking Derek about the new clinic that opened up in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And someone pretends to be Derek sending the patients to the new clinic. Mm, and they soon smart. Figure, they figure out, though, that the guy pretending to be Derek and sending the patients to the new clinic mm -hmm. is, you guessed it, yeah. our favorite R&B singer from Spickline, oh. Pete Tyndale, Good job. and his new partner, Zach Rose. Good job. Yep. So Zach Rose, you know, he says, I'm watching all these patients drive out from state, out of state, and they're going all the way to South, you know, Florida. And I'm like, well, Jacksonville's right at the tip. Yeah. So I can save them six hours. Right. So he says everybody was using billboards, um, you know, to basically advertise their clinics. Wow. And he was like, well, I'm going to give them gas cards. Oh. <laughs> so he's giving people fuck. gas cards. That's so she, brilliant. Yeah. But he says the MRI, MRI is the key to all this. Okay. Well, he realized that Pete had 50,000 people that had been scanned in that tube. Whoa. But he had their phone numbers and their addresses. Yeah. So these guys set up a boiler <gasps> room to no. cold call all these guys and say, uh, basically, Brilliant. we've moved and the new clinic is in oh, Jacksonville. Oh, fuck me. Uh -huh. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, as far as like the calling thing, yeah, I'm just let's just say I know some people that work in um, the pharmacy industry, yeah, that would do the same thing. But he's they're literally pretending to be American Pain. He said we straight up lied. I know this is essentially kind of doing the same thing where you just pretend like you're the doctor. Yeah, and, but he's like, like and accept and saying yes to the to the prescription. Well, Chris finds out about this, of course. Okay, so he goes up there to talk to this guy Zach. Well, Zach says they come in and they're like, who's Zach? And he said, I am. And he goes, well, I'm Chris George. <laughs> okay. I own American pain. You're seeing my patients. And Zach says, you don't own any of these patients. They're going to go wherever they want to go. I can't help if my clinic's closer. You should have thought of that, buddy. And wow. of course that pisses him off. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, I might start a little, uh, fire in your room he goes well if you don't give me 50 percent, i'm burning this place to the ground wow and i said it ain't gonna go down like that so i pulled a gun from my waistband pointed it at him and laid him and his whole entourage on the ground oh the cops shit. showed up and i said yeah i pulled a gun on him of course i did they came in to shake my business down yeah they're like the mob they're not getting shit from me yeah well chris george he says, and these guys just lied. If it was going to ask for anything, if I was going to ask for anything, it'd be all their money because all their money is coming from my patients. Right. So the police, they arrest Chris to Derek and two other fucking scumbags right. for extortion. Yeah. And uh, at this point, we hear another recorded phone call between Chris and Diana. 
And Chris says, they're making a bad name out of this damn business now. Oh, they're making a bad name. This used to be a good, honest business <laughs> selling pills to crackheads. Diana's like, what Not crackheads, fucking but balls are on these addicts. guys? Jesus Christ. And it's funny because... Um, there was a correlation between cloudier climates and heroin slash opiate use. And this doesn't seem like that type of climate. Well, it seems like it's more of a Floridian, hot. The, 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 cops, sun. the cops know there's a war going on at this point. Yeah. Chris says it's like the cocaine days. So he opens up Jacksonville pain um, because, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to lose this business to Zach Rose right. and fucking old Pete Tent. Tyndale from Spickline. Yeah. Well, we hear another uh, recorded call with a an under... A spite store is what I like to call it. Or, and Larry David, but a spite store. You open up a... If you fucking hate somebody, that let's say they own a coffee shop, you open yeah. up a coffee shop right next to them and slash the prices just out of spite. Right. It's not about the money. Nope. It's going to burn you to the ground. Yep. <clears throat> uh, well, we hear this uh, recorded call with an undercover informant, mm -hmm. Derek. So they're working on Derek. Mm -hmm. And the unidentified male now recording. at this point is do you know if Derek's really doing anything quote unquote illegal or is he just taking exact the same the whole cup? thing he's been doing is illegal. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what he's been doing and saying in these rooms, yeah, Derek, yeah. And again, I know that it's laxed things, and mm -hmm. these guys are pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, what's the most illegal part of all Why this? Why don't we just listen to this phone call right here? Oh, perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unidentified male. Got it. Hey, Derek, the, plain, the pain clinic down the street just uh, stole five of our patients. Derek, I'm like the fucking underboss here. Okay. I'm the one that gets called when she needs to get, when shit gets, uh, needs to get done. Yeah. All right. It's fucking the biggest, the best American right. pain. Right. If you call yourself it's an underboss. It's a underboss, name brand. <laughs> it's like Oreos, <laughs> tissue. Nobody thinks about anything else. Kleenex, I meant. Okay. So a few people buy drugs from one of Chris's clinics, and they die as soon as they leave the facility because they're high on drugs. Whoa. Well, a couple of them get hit by a train Whoa. while trying to cross the train tracks, and they get hit by the car. Well, they have a recording of Chris and Derek discussing the incident. And Derek's like, they tried to fucking weave through a railroad crossing. I got hit by a fucking train yesterday. Yeah. Chris is like, what did it say? Well, two of them are dead. One of them's in critical. Did they say uh, that they're pain clinic people? No, it didn't say, but it will tomorrow. It will tomorrow that there was Roxy scattered all throughout the car, too. And Chris is like, wow exploded they honk the horn they have gates and lights and he's laughing and derek's like hit by a train you got to be a fucking idiot to get hit by a train you got to be fucking stupid <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's a bad luck yeah i mean they're just fucking i mean come on they're just fucking brutal they get the feds get to uh one, a person that was injured from another accident and uh, they're in the hospital trying to interview him, and that patient died. So they couldn't. Whoa! Yeah, they couldn't even interview him. Uh, it was all bandaged up. But he did say, you know, why do you? They're like, why do you guys keep coming down to South Florida tonight? Because it's like a candy store down here. It's easy. Yeah, it's worth it. Let's check in on Pat Sadlin. So 
she's the she's kind of like the ringleader in uh kentucky and she talks about the roxies you can smoke them snort them bang them um i've always taken you know pain pills because i had a bad back and stuff but the roxies there's something else once you take one oh my god the next day if you don't take one your stomach's hurting i mean they're addicted and of course her niece whitney you know she explains the situation in kentucky and says basically everybody up there got addicted Everybody I knew got addicted. People sold their homes, uh, you know, yeah, sold know. their kids food stamps, Ugh, I know. stealing their Christmas presents. Yeah. You know, it's rough. People were shoplifting, obviously prostituting themselves out at, right, at points. Right, right, right. Um, and then, of course, her, her dad dies. Fuck. Uh, he overdosed and died. Oh, man. Um, and her cousin, Red, he says, when I sold Coke, it was a party. Everybody was at the bars having fun. But, but with pills, it's it's do or die. It's fucked up. Yeah. Yep. Seems like a f- yeah so, downer. Um, yeah. He says, literally, at one point, I got I got to where I couldn't sleep for three hours without having to wake up and snort and Eesh, go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, Whitney says I started doing all my profit. At one point, she was doing twenty to thirty pills a day, taking them. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. That's rough. And, and her daughter OD'd because oh, she got into the pill bottle. no. But didn't die. So luckily. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, Chris <sighs> says, you know, when things are going good, you don't want to stop doing them. There was no reason to stop at this point. Yeah. John Paul George, Beatles minus Ringo, says, Chris and Jeff, they wanted the best stuff. Jeff is driving a Lamborghini. Chris has a truck. It looks like a little mini semi truck. Yeah, yeah. Do you know those like things? Like a, a Ford F four fifty, maybe. It just looks like a looks like a Ford, but it's like a but it's a it's it's. I've actually seen, they're sick actually. Yeah, well, he got one of those. They got jet skis, watches, fifty foot boats. They did it all. Chris has three properties at this point. It was in the process of buying eight more, and he says they were mostly just for my friends to live in. He's like, I'm going to the Super Bowl, vacations, Fuck. concerts. Yeah. And like again, a lot of this is in a relatively short amount of time, right? Yeah, this is only a two-year period. It's oh, like 2008, 2010. And you know, imagine if it was just going on for years. Well, dude. John Paul George says the thing that pushed these two was their competitive nature. They wanted to be the best, so they were trying to outdo each other. Uh, according to Chris, American Pain brought in forty million dollars. Wow. Um, An executive did about another ten million. <laughs> so it's 50 million dollars in two years uh, and think about all the breakage and slippage that you're not even counting you know yeah you know that people are making on the side yeah 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 it's a whole ecosystem yeah well zach said he was making five hundred thousand a week profit um so mm. what is that it's 26 million dollars a year no Pro- wait wait what five zach says he was making five hundred thousand a week just in profit oh five hundred thousand a week so Oof. yeah yeah, that's twenty six million. He goes, dude. I had a thing for helicopters, so after I got my first clinic, I just went out and got a helicopter. Oh he goes, God. I fly it all over the place. One day he goes, uh, I flew it to a KFC. Hope he, f- <laughs> <laughs> Hope he flies it anyway. Um, but he he says I knew people were dying. Uh, I knew people were dying that were going to my like, clinic. I knew people were dying, but he know. said. I would justify I it. saw a couple. I saw somebody roll out of a car. He says they were going to die no matter what, whether they came to me or or not. Yeah, yeah. They were going to end up going somewhere else and would have, you know, mm. I just justified all my actions, you know, because I was making that kind of money. 
I'm sure there are some people that would have done that, but um, I'm sure that you, especially 90% of all manufactured pills in the United States, I'm sure you contributed to a lot of the people's addictions. Yeah. Not, uh, not only contributed, but sparked. Well, he says it was the drug dealing game times 10 times a mm-hmm. thousand. Yeah. Get 150,000 pills fronted to you. You have it COD. By the time you write the check to pay them, you'd already sold it. Right. And with Lou Fisher as my compliance officer. Yeah. He was uh, up to date on everything. He, I wonder if this guy ever got into Well, listen to this. Yeah. He yeah. was also a compliance officer for all the distributors. Right. I mean, what Lou Fisher said was golden. So Lou says he wasn't getting paid by the clinics. The wholesaler was paying him. Perfect. And then Darren says, and then the pain clinics were using you to say to the wholesalers, Lou says we're good. He's good. Sell us the pills. You were kind of in the middle. And he goes, right. (laughs) But I had had no, no hesitation to recommend not to sell. But did you ever feel, you know, yourself stuck between? And he's like, no, never. They never argued with me. I gave them the information. They said, thank you. Give them the report. They mailed me a check. I was done with it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, him... What is his real job to make sure that that the that signs the com- are posted that the company is running under compliance mm-hmm. of the laws that are enacted or whatever? Yeah, I mean he's probably <clears throat> he's just not, skating a gray area. He's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. You know, I'm sure he sees a bunch of shady shit going on, but like he has no moral compass or like moral responsibility yeah. to say yes or no. This to- guy's a fucking lone wolf. A woman scorned him, divorced him, yeah. and he's just trying to get through the rest of his <laughs> life. Like, no. And he's like, ah, fuck. I yeah, didn't, I didn't yeah. see you walk out with a box of pills. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Fuck so me. There is a gentleman that moves in. or there. Or, excuse me. When Zach moved in to his new business, there was in a strip mall. Right. Well, there was an existing software company in that building and zach goes to one of his retail um you know customers and says hey dude i need to somebody to handle my computers and my cyber security and they're like oh just go to john frisky down the street (laughs) okay well john's already been affected by this he's seeing all these people crossing this busy street and it's ruining his neighborhood Mm. so john reaches out to the feds and says this guy wants me to do all of his computer stuff and they're like, will you wear a wire and go undercover? And he was like, yeah, of course. And of course, as soon as he does, these morons yap their fucking heads off without any prompting because they're braggarts. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that always fucks these guys. They just can't keep their mouth shut. So, you know, he's just going in there, basically plugging in a fucking, you know, hard drive. And then he'd come in a couple of days later and be like, oh, the hard drive broke again? Ah, uh, here's a new one. So he's just swapping out drives and just handing them back and forth to the uh, the feds. Wow. So they even have them on tape. And Zach says, right now the fucking swarm is down south. We're probably not even a blip on the radar. So he's like, right now I got to call this attorney because I'm going to start lobbying so that none of the pain clinics can open up up here. And yeah, I'm the only smart. one so I can control the market. Yep. Well, they also... Keep in mind, this is the IT guy. He gets a doctor on tape. He's like, he walks into this doctor's office, this Donald Hall guy. Okay. He's just eating a Chinese lunch, you know, out of <laughs> okay. a styrofoam thing. All right. And, you know, he's like, 
all these people are hooked on it, man. And I know they're hooked on it. And they know they're hooked on it. And I can't do anything about it. Well, he's great, though. Hmm. I mean, you get 50 per patient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see 100 patients, you got five grand. He's like, you see 100 patients in a day? And he's like, I saw 140 today. Wow. He's like, whether this is illegal or illegal, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a doctor. But have you heard that expression, yeah. CYA? Well, that's what I do all the time. Yeah. Except this time yeah. when an undercover cop is basically, or not a cop, just yeah. an undercover informant is getting you to spill the beans yeah. because he buys the fact that you're a Radio Shack right. guy. Right, basically. right, right, right. So, John. Uh, Dummy. John. Wait, said, what's CYA? Cover your ass. Oh, cover your ass. Yeah. So, um, excuse me, Chris is making uh, so much money, he needs a bigger place. Mm-hmm. So, he gets a building that used to be a bank. Sick. And he talks to the realtor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the realtor does it have a safe? Oh, of course it does. <laughs> He's like, it's 20,000 square feet. It's got 160 parking spaces. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. He says, we opened that place up and had it down to a science. Everybody knew their rule. The doctors were down to three minutes with each patient. Oh, dirty. Yep. Well, at this point, Jeff's going to expand too. He says, I had a national extension plan. So I'm going to set up in Georgia. Uh, That was already running. And then he had future ones planned for Texas and Missouri, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Boston. And his plan was to take over the whole country. Um, and he does say over the years that we ran clinics, we prescribed about a half a billion pills. We are on track to get a billion and probably double. Well, Chris is so Uh, like insane. He's looking to buy a pharmaceutical wholesaler and trying to figure out how to start his own drug manufacturing company. So he's literally, wow. Yeah, going, he's taking the next. Trying he's to take cutting the, the middleman. Yeah, out. trying to cut the middleman out. Well, part of the pr- the franchise plan was to buy a bank. Wow. Okay? Why? Like an actual bank? Yeah, so they can launder the money. Oh boy, you know, you know? how hard that is, <laughs> dude. It, to get a bank charter, it's one of the hardest things to fucking yeah, do in the country. Whole, like, you need a whole <laughs> team of the people. The fact that these morons are thinking we're two years in, let's go buy, buy a, a fucking, fucking bank. Let's go start a bank. It's just delusional. Yeah, you, usually something unions take 10 years to do. Well, on March 3rd, 2010, the shit finally hits the fan. Yeah. Okay, we've got FBI, DEA, IRS, Broward, and Palm Beach County Sheriff offices. They raided American Pain. They get Jeff's clinics too. Over 200 feds and another 200 local police are involved in this raid. So they show up to Chris to serve the warrants. He's not there. They find documents, small amount of cash, guns. Well, he's a former felon. Yeah. He's not allowed to own Own any guns. guns. Yeah. Okay. So they call him on the phone. It's the sheriff's office. Oh, hey, what's wrong? Uh, You got to come home. (laughs) There's some people at the house that need to talk to you. Well, then we hear that phone call at the beginning where he called Diana. He's like, babe, I'm fucked. They have a search warrant. Cops are inside. She's like, call your lawyer. You need to go there and see what's going on. Listen, they found the guns. You're going to have to say those are yours. Okay. Yeah. She's like, I'll get rid of them. Baby, you have to take the blame for some of the stuff. That's fine, babe. Just call the lawyer. Babe, I think I'm in a lot of trouble. Well, this is where it gets fucking creepy. Okay. Kurt says, 
Search warrants are always enlightening. You find things you never expect to find. Uh, In his garage, they find a Nazi flag. Oh, okay. With the skull and crossbones on it. Okay. Then they go through. That's why I mentioned the white supremacy at the beginning. Right. But then they go through the hallway. He's got like a a glass mirror with like uh, the the swastika on it. Yeah. And facing it on the other side, there's another glass mirror with the SS lightning bolts. Yeah. It's like, this is the foyer into his house. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Then they show a picture of him. He's got the SS probably, what is that? 10 inches. Yeah. Six, seven, eight inches. He's got him on the side of his hip tattooed on his head. This guy's legit white supremacist. Full blown. We call him a wood. What? A wood, like the white boys in jail, they're called oh, woods. Oh, okay. Well, Kurt says, I'd never seen one of those in someone's house before. Obviously, people like me aren't going to get invited to those homes. He's black. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's like, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, Probably best if you don't uh, <laughs> come, come through the back. Come through the back. <laughs> well, his point is, he was an avid white supremacist, but he had black people working for him. He had Jewish people working for him. And he said, it's America. Green is the most important color there is. Yeah. Well, they also pop Chris's mom's house. And she's got swastikas. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. But the stepdad, he's like in the, you know, the kitchen. K- and he K- sees. Oh, this is a KKK. The stepdad's <laughs> totally normal. Okay. He sees somebody walking in the yard with a gun. He's like, oh, shit. Well, then we hear some more phone calls and it's Chris and George. And uh, George is like, Chris, yeah, what's going on? It's the DEA. They're at everybody's houses, dude. Jeff, you need to go to mom's house. You know why. The stuff in the attic, dude. So the cops are hearing all this. So they walk right up into the attic. They find four safes with $4 million in them. Each? No, totally. million each. Yeah. So then there's more phone recordings between Denise, Mm -hmm. John Paul George, and Chris and Diana. So Denise is like, hey, Chris, I'm sorry, honey. Well, John is on tape saying they knew exactly where the safes were. So someone very close to you knew that and informed. And Denise like, is like, no, we, oh, okay, go ahead. Denise is like, should we be talking on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you just retarded. Yeah. And everybody heard everything you were saying. Yeah. Cause you all just yapped your heads yapped off your heads at off. work. Yeah. <gasps> there must be an informant. Chris is on the phone with Diana. He goes, babe, this isn't good at all. This isn't good. She's like, just dude, take a deep breath. Yeah. He goes, fuck, dude, where are you at? She's like, I'm almost there. Babe, yes. Fuck, dude. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. He says, fuck, dude. I should kill myself. He keeps calling his wife, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just drives me nuts. Right. It's like people that are married yeah. that refer to dude. their for, yeah. no, that refer to their wives as my girls. Oh, yeah. That just drives me nuts. My girl, yeah. So, and he was like, dude, I'm just going to kill myself. (laughs) Baby, I love you. You know that, right? Yeah. She's like, you can't kill yourself. You can't leave me here to clean up your fucking dirt. Good point. What do you want me to do? I don't know, Chris. You got us into this. Baby, I'm fucked. I'm fucked, baby. Well, (laughs) uh, basically, at this point, Diana pulls a fucking maneuver on Chris. Mm. And she calls Chris back and she said, Chris, they just showed me pictures of you fucking another girl in your car. You got to come clean with me. Tell me the truth. Did this happen? I'm going to fucking kill you. 
keep in mind, this is in the middle of all this yeah. shit. She brings what this a, up. Love it. Fuck him. And he's like, that's Any a other man, I'd say fuck her, but no, fuck him. Well, he's like, that's a fucking lie. They're just trying to uh, turn you. It's uh, like, it's got to be fake. Smart. Yeah. Smart. So Darren looks at Diana and he says, so at some point, did they show you that photograph of the compromising picture of Chris? And she's like, Oh, no, I just made that up. <laughs> what a cunt, dude. <laughs> goes, but fuck it. I mean, she's was, a piece of shit, too. Yeah, he was at his lowest point. I just want to mess with him a yeah, little bit more. Yeah, yeah, See if yeah. I could get the truth <laughs> out of him. Good. Before I went to jail for uh, him. Shocker that she says, yeah. I bet she didn't even get that much. Time. I If I was going to face a sentence for him, be a man. Okay? Say what's real. Don't be a jack wagon. Okay. So... At this point, wouldn't you think dating a guy with Nazi paraphernalia all over his house and mm-hmm. then on his body would yeah. classify as jack wagon material? Yeah. She's, I'm serious, I dude. Mean, she's, you know, she, she grew up in a different time. What can you say? <laughs> what, five years <laughs> behind look, man, me? Look, look, being racist is terrible. Being a Nazi white supremacist is terrible. Beating up on any of these people because of all that is terrible, like physically harming them. But what he's done with all this opiate shit is yeah. 10 times worse than anything he's got tattooed on his body. I can give a fuck. Or what he's collecting in his garage. I think they're pretty close. It's bad. Dude, but there's I mean, this nothing guy, this guy worse. Affected, this guy affected... Oh, yeah, This yeah. guy created his own Holocaust yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah, I guess... Yeah, I guess. I see your point. Yeah. But I mean, like... No, no, I mean, it's bad. It it's sucks. real bad. It's, it's bad. It's bad. It just, it's bad. It's just... It's not like... Okay. All right. Well, it's sort of like a side... Thing. Yeah, let's get to Zach. That's the Simpsons episode. Yeah, and he was a white supremacist. <laughs> so let's get to Zach. He gets an alert on his phone, and it's from his bank, and it says you're 99 million in the negative. <laughs> no, <laughs> that fucking. It- <laughs> All right, you guys. So, uh, looks like you owe us ninety nine million dollars. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, ninety nine million three hundred twenty five thousand six hundred twenty three dollars and twenty five cents. Here's his response. He's like, I didn't think of anything of it. So I walk into McDonald's and I order hotcakes and sausage. Insufficient funds. I'll just use another card. Well, that got declined too. Third card declined, and he's like, What the hell? I call my bank, and they're like, Oh yeah, the U.S. Marshals. They just took all your money. And he was like, I couldn't believe it. I went outside in the McDonald's parking lot and yeah. just threw up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I should have gone, taken it to police. Damn it. Well, Zach realizes that John Frisky was the guy who was doing the, you know, uh, computers and he kept breaking all the hard drives on purpose or pretending they were broken to put yeah. new ones in. Yeah. And just stealing evidence and evidence. And he ended up going, Zach Rose, to prison for seven years. Why? Uh, running a pill mill. Oh, oh, Zach Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you, that's right. No, I'm, I thought you meant the fucking no, the computer no, no, guy. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Is that, he got okay. seven years. Not bad. And he walked out with zero money. Here's the thing. You man. never know, though. Obviously. They exactly. They never do discuss this. Now I know this. Yeah. If I'm ever in a situation with that kind of money, yeah, I'm pulling ev- the De Niro, shakedown money, and it's, and it's everywhere. everywhere. It's in backyards. It's everywhere. It's in Swiss bank accounts. It's everywhere. It's in my lockbox necess- at the fucking bowling alley. It doesn't necessarily, like, I wouldn't put it in a Swiss bank account, maybe a Swiss one specifically, but I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't necessarily, like, take the money out of the country, but I would definitely have it everywhere. Oh, yeah, dude. Pawn shops. Yeah. Well, um, remember Vinny? 
No. Car, remind, car guy, remind me. The guy that bought all the cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got 25 years. <laughs> all his clinics got raided. They took all his cars. Yeah. Um, Aw. Yeah. He bought them back in an auction later? Uh, no, he's in the <laughs> joint. Uh, he's still in the joint then, huh? How about uh, Pete Tyndale from Spickline? You remember him? <laughs> Fucking idiot, sure. Parking lot Pete? Yep. Um, well, the feds say they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. So Pete being Pete didn't learn his lesson. And Pete went rogue. And it turns out parking lot Pete opened up his own pain clinic in Tennessee and decided to roll the dice and went on trial. And they gave him 29 years. Idiot. So that Spickline reunion tour, yep, it's not happening. Waiting on, <laughs> we're going to be waiting on it for a few years. Yep, yep, yep. Bad news, too, for compliance officer Lewis Fisher. Oh, he was like, once all the heavy rates came out, everybody dropped me. Oh, then the state of Florida stopped them from dispensing. They didn't need me anymore. Yeah. Then I got into the speaking side of things at Jansen Pharmaceutical. <laughs> <laughs> Jansen made something called fentanyl. It's a patch. It's dangerous. Yes, the drug can kill you, but it can also help. He's a complete fucking moron, this guy. Uh, and I'm really not sure. He's a sure, company man. Is what this but guy I is. can't tell if he's a dummy or if he's in denial because of his wandering eye. I really can't. Find, <laughs> dude, I'm not kidding. The, the broken eye really does I throw you off every once in a while. I cannot figure him out. So... You know, uh, maybe if we're looking for that. So right he can't figure out shapes. So th you guys are the same here. Maybe the redemption arc lies in the gentleman now, uh, the barber, mm -hmm. old Alex Gonzalez. Yep. He says it was all just another hustle, you know. But man, these guys, they're all scumbags. They're yeah. all scum of the earth. Right. I was a scumbag. I was a criminal. I assisted in the demise of American culture. You know, looking back at my growth, you know, I'm a fucking asshole. How much was this guy making roughly? Like five grand a week. Yeah. But he says, and fuck me back then along with all those other guys. Now, no word if he ever did time. So, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Derek, he's a little introspective. He says, uh, man, I don't like the fact that I lost the majority of my adult life. Uh, the juice definitely wasn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Served 10 years. You know, I've been home for two days. And uh, now I got an ankle bracelet. Uh, oh, some impeccable timing. Pat Sandland, the 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 king of Kentucky, yep. queen of Kentucky, I should mm -hmm. say. She totally fucked herself. She was on disability, getting a five hundred dollar a month check, uh -huh. and then she put sixty thousand dollars down on a two hundred thousand dollar home, and right. the feds popped her immediately. Oh wow! So, uh, and this is the one that you're saying kind of looks like a dude. No, who looked oh. like a dude? Oh, never mind. Okay, sorry. No, Pat's just uh, the you know the the queen of Kentucky that okay. had her niece and uh, oh the one that died oh, the, the this daughter that OD'd but didn't die yeah yeah okay okay that's her her uh, niece okay um and then Red says look I don't believe in snitching but I I did what I felt was best for me and my family me and Whitney uh we both went down there and testified so I guess they believe in snitching yeah uh Whitney <laughs> Whitney ended up in the same jail with Diana. Yay. And reunion. the mother-in-law. Reunion. Yeah. She's like... Girls night. She says, they're kind of stuck up. Let's have <laughs> some toilet wine tonight. <laughs> she goes, they're stuck up, but they were cool. Yeah. We played cards every day. Yeah, bridge. We called the mother grangster gra granny. Yeah. And then we fucking... We beat the... And then we used we the... Grabbed a bar of soap, <laughs> put in a washcloth, yep, and beat yep, the yeah. fuck out of her. <laughs> and then we made a bread dildo and fucking... Okay. <laughs> okay. According to Whitney, she says, gangster granny, 
was really naive and really didn't think she did anything wrong. Gangster granny. Uh, now, Chris, he would not take a plea. He just kept saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to plead guilty. So they charged, jail. <laughs> they, they charged Denise and Diana with wire fraud. No, those carried uh, potential five-year maximum sentences. Okay. Those fraud charges were directly related to the lying out of state about right. the patient total. So Chris, uh, Whitney says, I met Chris on the van and I didn't like him. I don't like the fact that he let his mom go to prison for any amount of time. Uh, I don't care if she only did a couple of years. That's your mama. So uh, Red Johnson, he got lucky. He looks as jail as, uh, as uh, that sa uh, saved his life, essentially, because hmm. he was forced to detox. That's good. Yep. Uh, we don't need to get into the gritty details of that because it's ugly. Mm -hmm. I've seen it firsthand. Yep. In jail. Uh, the feds at this point, they reviewed the patient files that were seized from the Georgia's uh, clinics. Well, they connect with local law enforcement and police departments around the country. So they pull 300 random files. Okay. They follow up on all these patients mm -hmm. and they realize 10% of the random 300 are dead. Oh, wow. That's terrible to hear. So they extrapolate that number from the 28,000 files they were holding yeah. and they figured about 280 dead, 3000 dead total oh, from shit. these, from these clinics. Um, oh, 280,000. No, 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 no. Yeah. They had 28,000 files. 28,000 files. Yeah. So Fuck you take 10% yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. My bad. Yeah. It's close to 3,000. Ay, ay, Now that doesn't include secondary or tertiary sure. drug markets or yeah. customers from facilities that died of ODs sure. or accidents. That's just, you know, we checked them. They died. That's crazy. Um, you know, um, so when the George brothers, uh, got busted in Florida, Whitney says it hurt us. It hurt us bad. And of course, Louisville was even hurt worse. And the crime rate rate went through the roof Yeah, and people just started doing the heroin everywhere. Yeah. And she herself, um, she was locked up 37 times. She had two kids in, in federal prison. Um, she's hope, you know, when she gets out, she wants to see, see them even though they were adopted um she is in recovery at this point um she just hopes she can reconnect with uh, her daughter yeah remember uh john frisky yep uh the guy that did all the surveillance yeah you know uh basically the, approached the, the feds. yeah yeah the tech guy the most poignant part of this film is darren sits down and says you know john i heard that you had someone close to you that was addicted. Is that true? Can you explain that? And he immediately just shuts down and says, I can't talk about that. Uh, and he's uh, like, I'm very sorry. Obviously. And then out of nowhere, he breaks down. Yeah. And he says, I just wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, I lost my son. Oh, yeah. Dirty. And he's like, it doesn't ever go away. Yeah. yeah he yeah. said he was in an accident and uh, he was in a car accident, mm -hmm. lost his spleen. And they immediately put him on pills and he got his pills from the pill mills. Uh, at the time he said, I didn't even know what a pill mill was. Right. And he OD'd and yeah. you know, Sad. Zach moved next door to me and he said, I was happy to shut him down. You right. got to end it. And it's not just on police. It's everybody's job to do it. So yeah. 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 I mean, that was really tough to watch this guy. Sure. But it really shows his motivation. Of course. For why he did good. this. He's, he's the good one in all this. Absolutely. 
Pat says uh, the industry, the doctors, the drugstores, and me were all drug dealers because everybody knew what the other was doing. If you didn't, you were stupid. I mean, look at the people that own the clinics. Come on. The yeah, manufacturers yeah, yeah. were making billions of pills. They didn't know what was going on. You know, Zach yeah. agrees. He said they all turned a blind eye. The pharmacists turned a blind eye. The distributors and everybody made money. Yeah. Everybody. Well, Derek says, I mean, don't get me wrong. They definitely should have come after us, but they didn't want to go after Big Pharma. Right. They didn't want to go after the drug distributors. They wanted us. Well, we're nobodies. Yeah. The money we made is peanuts compared to what Big Pharma made over the years, basically ruining people's yeah, lives. Yeah, and then whenever Big Pharma needed a fucking uh, somebody to uh, take the fall, they would uh, they go after these fucking guys. Well, it's interesting here, too, because Darren, he asks one of the feds, he says, so after all this, Florida finally puts regulations and controls in place. Why do you think it took them so long? And the, the guy, lobby. the guy just says pass on that one. I think it's politics, dude, and I'm not getting involved with that. Yeah, it's the lobbies. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, stepdad says I really don't know why these guys pushed the boundaries the way they did. You know, the five cent psychologist. It was fucking will, two years. Well, yeah, but he's saying the five cent psychologist will tell you, uh, oh, they had no consequences, or you're going to hear they were spoiled rich kids. Oh, yeah. What happens to the doctors in all this? We're going to get there. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, I don't know. I don't know why they did this. Well, I can tell you why. It's called bad fucking parenting. Mm -hmm. Okay. The day you come home, this is my opinion, and your kid has a fucking Nazi flag in the house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're done with them. Yeah. yeah. You say, I hope they're going through a phase. Yeah. Um, no, 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 hold on. No, if somebody brings up a Nazi flag, you're not saying, uh, I hope this is a phase. Okay. No, you're fucking burning that shit and you're kicking them out. Of okay. The but here's <laughs> not the thing. kicking them out of the house. But. Here's the thing. If we look at it like this way, we see that he had mirrors in his lobby. It's not like, I'll give the garage flag a pass. Maybe you didn't enter through the garage when you came to the house, okay. dad. But when you walk <clears throat> in the hallway and there's really nice, ornate, crystal mirrors Ugh. of fucking swastikas and lightning bolts you're like you know what dude we're done yeah i can't bring you out to the family barbecues I mean, anymore because you know what we're playing volleyball this weekend <laughs> and if you take off that shirt <laughs> and my my aunt sees yeah. the fucking lightning bolts you know her next door neighbor i don't know if you know but half of florida is jewish yeah. especially in west palm I'm they're sure gonna jo see that i'm sure john paul george is a, a the white supremacist himself. You don't just, just learn it from your friends. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, I guess some people do. So here's what blew my mind. Chris has a new girlfriend named Brittany, and they don't say she's a stripper, <laughs> but she sure as fuck looks like one. Yeah, she, so she fits all the. Uh, I'm assuming she is, and she's prepping homecoming for for Chris because Chris is getting out of jail. Oh. So how would you normally do that? Just put a sign up. This is welcome home. You just buy some lingerie. She get a steak. Yeah. She puts the fucking get rose some, petals. Yeah. Leads them from the room to the bed. So wait, how long has Chris spent in jail? You'll get there. Okay. She goes, he's going to be surprised by this. He deserves this. Yeah. He really does. Comes out, I'm gay. <laughs> a lot of emotions going wild this morning, but I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm not answering a phone call right now. And then she pulls up and she's like, oh my God, it's him. It's him. Mm -hmm. It's him. <laughs> so she picks him up. There is some good news. 
Apparently, you can still frost your tips in the joint because <laughs> he looks his high tight. Frosted up, the Fuck up. He stopped off at the barber shop. Chris says, in the end, I pled out to one count of racketeering conspiracy and was sentenced to 17 and a half years in federal prison. Mm. I ended up serving 11. It's good. Pretty good. My brother Jeff pled out to racketeering, same as me, and got 15 and a half years. But he was also charged with murder for a patient who overdosed and got 20 years for that charge, which is why he's still in prison. I definitely wish people didn't die from the medication. Aw, thanks, guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know why certain people did die, but in the end, it's their responsibility. They're responsible for themselves. I'm not. They said they were in pain to my doctors. They got an (laughs) MRI showing they were in pain. So my doctors gave them medication. Now, what they did with that is out of my hands. Addiction in this country has always been here. You know what? I'm not doing this justice. I need to speak like this fucking clown speaks, okay? I'm not going to redo the monologue, but I'm going to pick it up so you can get a sense of how this guy talks. So I don't think that we actually created more addicts. They were already here. They just had an easier way to get their drugs in a safer way. <laughs> now, they don't... Uh, yeah, keyword, keyword, easier. Yeah, now they don't even know what they're getting. And now they die at three times the rate. I, I can't say I'm responsible for it. They're responsible for causing the problem in the country. They're the ones that came there and drove however many miles they drove. They're the ones that did this. The patients are the ones that cause whatever problems we have here. They act like I'm a, a bad guy here because I owned a business, but I didn't prescribe one pill. You know, in this country, anybody can open a business. That's the good thing about it. There's a lot of things I want to look at into now that I'm out. You know, things have changed out here and I want to find out, you know, what the best business would be to open up. You know, just deciding, you know, what to do. Yeah. We already have a few things going on in the real estate industry. Derek and I are going to start a business together building homes. Right. We're getting everything set up right now. Nice. So we see these fucking dorks sitting in an office. Derek's like, if there's another housing crisis or something like that, we may have to venture back into the medical field. Uh, okay. What happened since I last saw you? Well, I got married. Oh. This is Derek. Yeah. My wife delivered twin boys. You know, your oh. stepfather told me to name him Chris and Jeff. That would have been pretty funny, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, as long as you're cracking jokes, why don't you go with Hitler and Eichmann, bro? Oh, God, you know? Stupid. Fucking, that's uh, these. This is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Because it is so fucking cringe. Yeah. Looking at these fucking morons. Yeah. And this dipshit saying he has no responsibility. Nah, it's bullshit. And it is cringe beyond belief. And, you know, it's very rare that we do serious podcasts, but these guys are soulless people. Mm -hmm. And it is so tough to watch them have this conversation. Yeah. And they're just, they're scum of the earth. Yeah. How can you not take any accountability? No empathy. Zero. 
No empathy. Yeah, and fuck that Britney bitch uh, yeah. who's fucking this guy because he she deserves to fucking date a dummy like this. Everybody, everybody's looking out for themselves only, not worrying about. And I guarantee else. you, these pieces of shits, they might be fucking idiots, but I know they got cash stashed somewhere. Somewhere, you know, because and hopefully, I hopefully it's not worth nearly as it was as much as it was before. <laughs> I'm sure they got some cash somewhere. They must have known something was going to go down. Well, the thing that brought them down. Or they're idiots and they didn't. The thing that brought. You know what? You know what? You're right. They yeah. are idiots. They're All fucking, that fucking money was in the fucking attic. Yeah. Probably every yeah. single dime mm-hmm. of it. That's why the idiot was trying to use his credit cards all the time. Yeah. Otherwise, it, he would have had a wad of cash on him. Well, this uh, case with the George brothers. And 31 others were indicted under the RICO Act. That's what killed him. The racketeering shit. Yeah, good old organization. Good old Rudy Giuliani. Hey, he did something right back in the day. Uh, It was the largest prescription drug trafficking case in American history. Wow. That's insane to think about. Um, So RICO was a thing even... So RICO is a federal thing? I guess it was. RICO, RICO is just the organization... Of the racketeering. <clears throat> no, I know, but I, I always thought Rico laws were always just New York laws, but it doesn't no, matter. No, Continue. no, no. It's no. a federal thing. It makes much more sense that way, actually. Well, to answer your question, 13 doctors were charged. Okay. 11 pleaded guilty to lesser charges of money laundering or wire fraud. Okay. Including Dr. Bo Boschers. He's the one that packed the gun. He got six and a half years in, in prison. I bet these are, I bet, yeah, fuck. Okay, go on. Um, two doctors, Cynthia Cadet and Joseph Casanuovo, went to trial in a case. They were convicted of money laundering and sentenced to six and a half years and 18 months in federal prison, respectively. Okay. Dr. Donald Hall, the one that spilled the beans at Zach Rose's shop, mm-hmm. Uh, he pleaded guilty to conspiracy to distribute and dispense oxycodone, Xanax, not for a legitimate medical purpose and not in the usual course of professional medical practice. Due to deteriorating health, he was sentenced to time served and two years of supervised release. Well, this fucker looked pretty fine to me when he was eating his Chinese food. Um, yeah. Normally, we do something around here called <clears throat> what they left out. Okay. I don't want to call it that. Because there's a ton of information in this documentary. It's just some things that I found that would be more of an addition. Supplementary. Supplemental. So George's wife, the former stripper, Diana, and um, Denise, who is the mom, they both uh, were sentenced to four and a half years. Hmm. I'm guessing they did two years. Yeah. Uh, As we mentioned, George... He was originally serving, supposed to serve 17 and a half, but he was uh, reduced to 14 years because he cooperated with the authorities in the trial of two of his former doctors that were accused of murder. So uh, Jeff, he got the 20 years in prison uh, for a drug overdose in addition to the same crimes. His release date is scheduled for 2030. Uh, this entire operation, which was dubbed Operation Oxy Alley, <laughs> um, lasted 14 months. Alley, uh, alley, oxen free. Uh-huh. And yeah, uh, in the pill mill, American pain alone, 
doctors treated up to 500 patients daily. From July 17, 2008 to March 2nd, 2010, doctors at the clinic wrote approximately 66,871 scripts. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. 96% for oxycodone or <sighs> alprazolam. That's Xanax. Yep. About 80% of the prescriptions of that pill of this pill mill were all out of state residents. Incredible. Yeah. So that's fucking nuts. <laughs> that's American pain. Well, you know what we do here? We what do we give, do? We got to give the old docking. Man, I'll tell you what. As far as the documentary itself goes, what do you give it? It's four. It really is. It's just out, out, like the cinematography you were mentioning, some of the parts it's, were really good. The director definitely knows how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. He stays out, doesn't talk when he doesn't need to. He lets these fucking morons yeah, yeah, idiots do rambling. their thing. Yep. And <clears throat> I guess the reason it's such a big one for me, I mean, I've been affected by two people in my life that have premature deaths to this shit. And... It was never around growing up. I didn't no. see it. I've probably seen maybe three or four oxy pills in my life. Yeah, I've seen a ton of other drugs. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even a big thing until I was even out of high school. Yeah, this thing this was this started to become a thing when I was in college. Yeah, well, when I was in college, it wasn't around. Yeah, you know, I saw heroin. You barely had even you barely even had lewds. You went through a time. Yeah. You kind of skated through a time. We didn't have lewds. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. kind of skated through a time when you your generation sort of didn't really hit the pill thing at all we drank we smoked pot we did cocaine yeah you know but you know and it, then some people did heroin oh well we did mushrooms and acid well yeah, yeah. But, i mean and then some yeah. people did heroin yeah uh but yeah it's an it's a it's an important film um but it's one of those things where you just keep going uh, is this real like how how is this possible to happen how how are they able to get a license for 36 dollars and conduct business where was the oversight and of course, we just, I know Florida is a punching bag, but it's just like, how did this exist in plain sight for so long and nobody fucking do anything about it? And then I get just think, well, 14 months to build a case to make sure it's, you know, open and shut. They don't want to forget some crack. But think about go. how many people died while they were building that case. Oh, that yeah. No, it's, it's, it's incredible. I so, mean, just so many that you won't even hear, hear of, no, won't even. There'll be so many. So I, I yeah, I mean, this whole thing was, um, you know, I didn't see anybody really die from it personally. I had some people that I know were addicted to it and um, eventually got off and got clean, which is good. But um, yeah, I mean, this was like a big thing for a long time. I know people who sold it. And again, the story that I told about the, the you know, the, the destroying um, of the recycling place and all that stuff. And, yeah. And then like, uh, yeah, and then everything changed in like maybe 20 Somewhere between 2014 and 2016, the um, all the laws changed, became much much harder again. And that's kind of when we saw a lot of the fentanyl and the fake pressed pills come to the market. Well, uh, we thank you for listening, and uh, of course, we put in a lot of time and effort to the show, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Right. Dave, can you please tell everybody what they can do to help us yes. out around here? Please leave a review on Apple. Or Spotify five star review. You can tell us what um, you know. They could tell you. Could tell us you could tell us you hate us even. Just leave a five star mm -hmm. review and tell us. Here's one that was actually pretty good. Who's it from? It's from Idaho Slammer on February 9th, twenty twenty three. The best. It's titled five stars. Okay. It's just the best. Look forward to 
every new episode. That makes us so happy. Yeah. We love hearing from you. Right now, we are at 69 giggity ratings. Let's try to get to 75 by yeah. next week. That'd be nice. It'd be really and nice. And then, of course, as always, uh, if you do want to reach directly, it's down on the docs at gmail.com. Uh, that's it. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week.